So just hang on. We're going to go for a quick ride. All right. All right. Oh, boy. Hang on. Like Willy Wonka kind of a ride. (laughs) Here, take this. You'll spit in rainbows. (laughs) Hey, there. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Motorcycle Endless. Here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. I said that with some sarcasm. <laughs> it was it was not sunny today. In fact, terribly stormy. Oh, we blustery. It is that storm that comes through his knockdown trees. I think, John, do you have power where you are? No, I'm on my generator. Yeah, yeah, he's on generator. Oh, he's gonna have uh, a debris. But flow. you know what? It did not stop us. The garage was open. Things got done. We'll get to that. But first, let's start with who is here who? in the studio Why? today? Hey, everyone. This is Liza. <laughs> is it really? Yes, it is. Good Lord. I know. I'm especially cheerful today. You're a special Especially cheerful person. because Emma fixed my bike today. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, Finally yay. a proper carb clean. Well, she took, she <laughs> know, took something out of the airbox. <clears throat> what? I peed in the airbox, yeah, and I will give you $300 <laughs> yeah. for it because you yeah. have a rodent problem. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah. In the studio, joining us, it's been a while since I've been here. It's Charlie. Um, we'll just keep this on the rails because, you know, generic train references. <laughs> okay. Good one, Charlie. <laughs> Choo-choo. Choo-choo-choo. Joining us on the Classy Girl couch tonight, which is full of classy girls. Full of classy girls. Uh, first one up is we have Doodle, a.k.a. Carolyn, a.k.a. Doodle. Which one? Carolyn, a.k.a. Do- it's Doodle. How you doing? <laughs> Hi. Good. How are you? Good. Glad to join us. Thank oh, you for having me. Where are you from? I am from Atlanta, Georgia. That's right. Hot Lana in the house. Hot Lana. Too hot. I'm going to be getting all twangy up in here and say, y'all. Liza's going to push out with some crunk. I forgot. That is your old stomping grounds, it isn't is. it, Liza? Oh, it is. She used to hang with Little John. <laughs> Lil what? what? Okay. Lil, Lil John. I <laughs> uh, see. Also in the classic girl couch, it's Jocelyn Snow. Hey, hey, hey. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been here. Yeah. I don't even remember how long. Uh, Too long. I know. She's, she's been trying to block it out. <laughs> that was traumatic. That was a traumatic experience. You know, you keep thinking you're rid of us, and then we just show up again and say, hey, Jocelyn. I, know, I love it. Come back on the show. And like a fool, you come back. I do. I just keep coming back. It'll be different this time. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's the best part about the show. It's always different. <laughs> True that. And also joining us for the first time, and he has that look, which every now and then we get that look of, what have I gotten into? It's Ex- Steve. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'm going to learn something tonight. <laughs> but it's cool. I'm, I wanted to be here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe I'll unlearn something tonight. Maybe. Well, and uh, you must have done something right, because I see that Jim gave up his seat next to the window. So either you have a s- odor following you. Or he's just being super yeah. nice. Because actually, actually, not knowing any better, I just took the seat. There you go. <laughs> it's naked, Jim. Hey, yeah, he looked yeah. like a tough guy. I'm like, I'm not going to ask him. <laughs> he looks like one of those ranch guys from Salinas or somewhere. Um, yeah, you hit that right on the uh, head. Yeah, see? I, see? He's talking about hitting me on the head already. Hey, what's happening? Eyes up, elbows up. Oh. Look at that. Ooh, look at, that, look at that. Did you, you missed that. Carol, Noodle did. Oh, okay. All right. I see what's going on. Jocelyn lost her her American headphones. Sign Language. Oh. All right, well, I'll get you taken care of. Okay. Um, 
also I think joining I us. Headphones too. Actually. I, I'll get you guys set up. Let me get Sorry. through the introductions because we got more people. A house full of misfits uh, coming to us from his palatial estate in the dark, dark redwoods. It's Stumpy John. What's up, everybody? Up here in the rainy redwoods. But hey, Bagel, I had a dirty dream last night. Very, very dirty dream. I dreamed I bought a I dreamed I bought a GTS three hundred. That's a good dream. You should go yeah. with that. I it's, yeah, it shocked me. <laughs> I, I woke up a little. I had to change my pants. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Just wait till you ride one. Okay. <laughs> oh, I get it. And of course, it's everyone's favorite ginger. It's Bagel. Greetings from Moslandia. <laughs> hey, Bagel, how's the rain up there, man? Looks like it's storming. Uh, it's continuous. We yeah. have been wet for. I think going on a good two weeks now, uh, no, with no end in sight. Yeah, continues so. till May. Pretty much, yeah, most likely. We might have a couple little breaks here and there, yeah. but yeah, it's nice. it, the rainy season is here for sure. So, you guys, crazy, crazy day today. Yes. Crazy rain. Yes. But Miss Emma, oh, forgot to introduce, it's Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> here I am. <laughs> So, Emma, thank you for helping me with the KZ400. You're welcome, I've cleaned the car so many times, yet it still wasn't running. Sludgy. Last week, Charlie helped me uh, figure out it's got spark and it had compression. And Emma uh, took the carbs apart again. Yes. And cleaned them again. That's sludge. That's sludge. I guess there's sludge in the tank, so yeah. I might continue to have that problem. Yeah, there might then, there might be some sludge in her brain because you were huffing exhaust in there for about oh five minutes. Oh my god! Charlie and Jim and I all experience this. Emma gets so focused on what she's working on, and she'll be in the garage revving that and fill the entire room with exhaust. We have to run out yeah. to save our brains. So we're inside because so, of the weather. And she's just in there, just huffing wow. away. <laughs> so, um. I'll tell you a story from a long, long time ago, from like 40 years ago. So I used to have this amazing car called a Vauxhall Ventura. Yes, and it had a Vauxhall. S- it had a six-cylinder engine, 3.3. Big engine for England. Great logo and emblem, yeah. too. And it started off with one carburetor, and I thought, that isn't good enough. So I put three on it. <laughs> try and hunt. Yes. And it took ages to set up, and it was in the middle of winter, and I was setting up the carburetors on my Vauxhall Ventura. I was going, rum, rum. And time just escaped me. And, and then the next thing I up? know, I got very, very tired. Oh, I just want to have a little sleep. Oh. <laughs> Slept oh, on geez. the garage floor oh, no. with a car. Oh. And you know, here I am to tell the tale, but yeah. I definitely slowed down a little bit after that. But yeah, time gets away oh. from you, especially when you're sort of huffing super unleaded. I bet it really gets you in touch with the carb, though. It, well, it gets you in touch with your maker, you know? <laughs> well, mm. and you got it running good. It sounds great. No, it sounds great. It's on two cylinders. You know, that bike, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an eager little bike. It reminds me a lot of it. It's like a Boston Terrier. Mm. It's like all eager and shit. Yes, eager sounding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's totally. like little and pugnacious. Yeah. And, and doesn't but stop very well. It sounds bigger than it is, and it's full of eagerness. It's fun. It yes. is fun. Um, and I want to share real quick, um, I've got, uh, well, a story I'm going to tell of a bad dealership experience, though I'm not going to say who the dealer is. I think you should. we don't do oh. that. Wow. Oh, no. All right. I'm not going to say who it is, but look, things have changed a lot, um, especially since COVID. And the first time I went to this dealer, um, actually, John was looking for a little dirt bike. I'm like, I'll oh, stop in. I'm right nearby. And they wouldn't let me in because I didn't have an appointment. 
I'm like, I'm standing outside your door. I can see the bikes inside. Will you just let me in to look? No, we're only doing it by appointment. Well, I thought that that was bullshit. But then um, Phil at Cleveland Moto told me, no, that's how he runs his shop now. It's mm-hmm. just a way to weed out a lot of the tire kickers and just to get people who are really serious, you know? So I'm like, okay, sounds fine. Well, I'm interested in a bike. I want to check out um, um, Benelli TRK 502. I'm intrigued by it. I want to understand it, right? And uh, they have them. So I called to make an appointment. And they said, yeah, we can give it, get you an appointment today. I uh, just need you to go online and fill out this form, get you pre-approved. Uh, just which bike are you looking at? I'm like, well, I'm interested in the TNT 135 and uh, the, the TRK. I want to check them out. Yep, just go online and fill out this form and get pre-approved. It'll speed things up for the loan and everything. I'm like, well, I just want to look at the bike. Yeah, but uh, we just get the paperwork processed. It, it makes things faster. We're like, I don't need a loan. These are Chinese-made bikes. I, I could buy it easily without a loan. I'm not going to get a loan. Yeah, we just need you to fill out this form. Oh, jeez. I'm like, weird. No. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to fill out a form, give you all my information. We want your information. So we can uh, your I'm going to take my business elsewhere. And unfortunately, there is no elsewhere around here that sells them. But I'm working on a line on a used bike. But it was a weird dealership experience. It was. However, you were smart enough to reach out to Mototown. And I found you a used one with 3,000 miles on the clock. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I'm working a deal. If, if I can buy that for the same price that John's friend wants to buy my KLR, then it's an even swap. Oh, you nice. are just jealous because I've got a Benelli and you want one too. No, I want a Chinese <laughs> one. Well, not my, an Italian forgive me, one. mine's an Italian one. Anyway, I just I just shared that and I wanted to see if anyone else out there has had other weird experiences Jocelyn we know about your experience buying the GS <laughs> that was a good one I know it's a good story um, but I know with things changing and and actually I was given some good advice that I haven't decided on to take yet or not um, I don't know if it'll make a difference but I was told that I should call reach out to Benelli USA say hey I'm interested in looking at your bikes but the only dealer near me will not let me in his door without giving them all this information. I just want to let you know that I'm interested, but I can't look at your bikes. So I don't know if it's worth it or not, but it's just, it's weird. It's just weird. I'm just curious. Is there a dealer yeah. in San Francisco? I'm just curious. Uh, Richmond is the next okay. closest one. So Sounds like it's worth a drive to me. Yeah, That's what I had to do. Well, no, I, I mean. Took a drive. Go a little further. If I can get and it. Then you could get, just juxtapose the experience. And yeah. then, you, then you could ask the question, you know. I then you make know. an adventure out of it. And then you're giving yeah. your money to a dealership that wants it, appreciates yeah, totally. it, that cares about yeah. you. And you get to bring one home. Yeah. Or right. you can buy a certified used one from Mototown. <laughs> because <laughs> Mototown's used bikes are as good as new bikes anyway. You will not pay more elsewhere. You won't pay more <laughs> elsewhere. I, I, bought, no. I bought my last KLR there. <laughs> I feel like you should have like like big old triangle flags over your head. Yeah. Like cheerleading pom-poms. You know, like those, you those know, tacky you, commercials. You know her motto. You won't pay more anywhere else. You won't, else. More. You won't, <laughs> you won't pay more elsewhere. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm a specialist. I only work on foreign and domestic. <laughs> yes, but do you work on Chinese? That's the question. I only work on foreign and domestic. <laughs> That's all I work right. on. So anyway, right. if you've had an experience, a weird dealer experience, we're not trying to call out the, the dealer yeah. for their good or bad dealer, but 
things have definitely changed. And we've been talking for a while. I mean, we know that it was a boom year for dealers. Before that, they've been struggling. And a lot of us have said, you know, they need to figure out new ways of dealing with the public. Maybe this is their way. I don't know. Well, I'll ju- you know, so I got that 450 <laughs> not long ago last year, and they basically held it for me for a $500. De- well, I guess that's different because right. I was putting a deposit on I wasn't going to look at it. But they made it real easy to go down and see. Because I, I, I emailed them. I'm like, I'd like to come down now. They're like, come on down. I don't mean to sound cynical, but having been in the industry for so long, it's almost, you know, it almost seems like a revenge move for a lot of dealerships to be behaving like they have. You know, the, the public at large can be a bit of a thorn in the side for a dealership because, yes, ultimately people come and buy motorcycles and that's what keeps a dealership going. But in order to get to that point, you know, you maybe have to deal with 20 people coming through your door to sell two bikes. Um and so what they've done now is, right, we're having boom years now. I mean, all these bikes are going to sell, whether we try and sell them or not. So basically, screw you lot, public, and, you know, if you want to jump through our hoops, you can come and buy them. And that's all very well now, but it's not a great way to make friends because I don't think this is going to last forever. I don't think what we're seeing now is going to – it can't – this boom can't last forever. Yeah. I, so anyone who comes through my door, I treat kindly, whether they've got the money to have their bike worked on or not, because there may come a time when I'm broke and I need even the tiniest amount of work, and they've got it for me. So that's how I yeah, run things. Maybe their business is doing good enough. They don't have to deal with tire kickers. They only want to deal with people who are qualified to buy a bike, which I totally get if it was like Arch Motorcycles or something, you know, like $78,000 motorcycle before we let you come in and sit, sit on bikes. Um, we need you to get pre-approved. I get that, but not when it's a Chinese bike under five grand. Yeah, sorry, Jess, kind of I weird. cut you off, Jocelyn. You were about to say uh, something. No, I was just going to say, you know, it seemed like uh, the years uh, prior to the pandemic, um, you know, the, the dealerships were closing their doors, you know, all, all the makes and models. Mm-hmm. And it was really sad. And I saw uh, we had a lot of people were implementing this new plan of plus one where, you know, your, your goal as a motorcyclist was to try to encourage and inspire right. and bring a brand new person into motorcycling right. at least one a year because we saw the sport was definitely dying. Um, and so then here comes the pandemic. Everybody's forced to stay home. And we had, you know, a lot of people stayed home for over a year and a half. They're forced to hang out with their families and you know, that you haven't seen ever. And <laughs> all of a sudden you guys are all in the same room. It's like, hey, we got to get the hell outside. So motorcycle sales went through the roof. Yeah. So here's these dealerships that were like scraping to make ends meet and just trying to get by. And, you know, having worked in several dealerships myself, you know, I know what it was like. And it was, it was anything you could do to make a sale for crying out loud. And now... It's they can't keep the bikes in stock. They can't keep them on the floor. And so some bikes, you know, the the GS Adventure in particular right now, the 1250 Adventure is is selling for uh, more than MSRP in some places. And I don't even know if that's right or not, but it's because they can now. They're, it's gone completely the other direction, and they can pick and choose who they want and decide if they don't like the way you look when you come to the door, then, you know, they don't have to sell you a bike because, well, guess what? It's, you'll have to order you one well, and we can't even get you one. I and, mean, that's all you know. very well, but, and it's the, it's the classic argument, just because you can 
doesn't necessarily mean you should. Absolutely not. I try I and make, you know, it, it, many, many years ago, back in 78, when I first started, um, the guy who, who taught me mechanics, he said, look, Emma, you always, as you go up through this career, always don't make any enemies because as you pass by them on your way up, you might make, meet them on the way back down again. And I look back at so many places I've worked at twice. In fact, virtually every job I've ever had in the motorcycle industry, I've worked at twice, sometimes 10 or 15 years apart. And it's just circumstances, you know, you come back to it. So, um, I don't know, if you're chasing off customers like that, my uh, my question to you, Liza, will you ever go back to that dealership again, even when they have relaxed their <clears throat> restrictions? Uh, I would. I don't think it was anything personal against me, and I let them know that I would take my business elsewhere. So they they got the message that they had right. a prospective sale that they lost because of their policy. So. It's nothing personal against me, right? Uh, it just depends on what what they there. Yeah, no, I would I would go back. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think uh, they weren't rude or anything. This is just their policy, and that's why I'm asking people out there: Have you seen policies, weird policies like this? Um, it's weird to see how the industry is reshaping itself. You know, going from struggling to a boom. Weird things are happening. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Um, maybe I might be getting a used bike. We'll see. I'm curious about it to check out this Your mid-size bike, bike. curious. And yes, I would sell the KLR <laughs> because it would replace it. Um, but I want to get to why Doodle and Jocelyn are here. <laughs> Doodle, you came to take Jocelyn's class. What, what do we call it here? Jocelyn's Reign of Terror. That's it. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Roller coaster of death. Hi, well. Two bikes enter, one bike leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Two <laughs> bikes enter. Maybe Doodle, Doodle are, you, are you understanding now why when you told me you were going to put it out there on your social media to see if you could get someone to lend you a bike, I yeah. just kind of went L-O-L as soon as you tell them <laughs> well, that you're taking my no, class. No. <laughs> They're going to be like, yeah, no. Of course, there's a sucker born every minute, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that nobody is. let me a bike. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, hold on. For the here. record, that's true. Yeah. No, that's both true. Jim and I offered up yes. bikes, which is actually how we ended up here, right? Because I said yeah. there's only two two really generous people that don't <laughs> two mind. Two yeah. <laughs> 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 that, that don't mind if you fillet their bike over on the course. Uh, <laughs> hey, we should go down and join them for a podcast so you can see who these crazy guys and are. And here person. you are. Boom. Yeah. Well, and that's why um, I reached out to to Jim because I'm like, look, I, I told her. She's probably going to crash, especially if it's like a, a large bike you're not used to. You're just going to crash, but that's part of the thing. Mm-hmm. You got to learn as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to find somebody who doesn't mind if it's scratched. And I and I told you, Doodle, as long as you don't mind replacing anything that's bent or broken, mm-hmm. I'm good with yeah. that. And I think because well, we ride our bikes and we don't clean them. Yeah. Well, no, I do. You don't. Um, <laughs> especially the chain maintenance. Um, but well, if the, the bike had already been through the class, and I've yeah. already taken some, you know, four Advil hitters, you know, in, in the class. And at the end of the day, it's a dirt. Like I was telling Liza, it's the, the Africa Twin's a giant dirt bike, and they're meant to be crashed, so and needs to be ridden. So yeah, but why not? Screw also, it. we both agreed we support what Jocelyn's doing, absolutely, and that we both support yes. a doodle who, Thank from you. looking at her YouTube channel, which is called Doodle on a Motorcycle. Yeah. Say that again louder into the mic. Doodle on a Motorcycle. There it is. Um, 
this seems like you're, I say a newer writer compared to us. You've been writing how long now? Um, five years. That it seems like what you're doing is trying to experience as much of yes. the motorcycle culture and community as possible. Yeah, and just not, and just be able to ride everything. Yeah. And anything. And not be limited. Part of what your YouTube channel is, you're experiencing different bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did a road, uh, did a big trip on a bag, big bagger. Yes. And that was one of the things. So, <laughs> Jocelyn, I got to let you know the conversation that we had. It was funny. When she, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> well, she's, when she's saying, yeah, I need to borrow a bike. I'm going to take Jocelyn's class. I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> well, you can't really rent a bike because you're going to be crashing. She's like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah, you're, you're going to be crashing. And she's like, well, can I borrow some uh, seven and a half boots? Uh, or or I guess I'll just wear my street boots. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you need real good boots because you're going to be crashing. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can ride my big bike, but you're probably going to be crashing that a lot. And it's not fun to pick up. Um, she's like, well, what? wait, what? I'm like, oh, and she's going to make you ride um blindfolded she, oh, I'll, I'll sit that out I'm like no you can't you can't I I, she called me up she's like what what is going on first of all I ordered some boots they should be at your house Good. like tomorrow and then second of all like Liza said I was gonna tip my bike over a lot and 100% right. was and the Liza wait, what's blindfolded thing I'm like calm down <laughs> nobody crashes you didn't crash you no tip and I said but lot. when you're wearing yeah all the right gear which mm-hmm. would require better boots than just street boots so oh yeah i see that, that now mm-hmm. you'll be okay mm-hmm. and if you listen to everything she says it all builds to something else and it's part of tapping into all your other senses mm-hmm. to become a better rider mm-hmm. it's all part of it but yes falling is also part of it mm-hmm. it sucked when i did it i was like Ugh, the blindfold thing i don't want to do this but I told myself I'm going to do everything she asked me to do because I'm 100% in. Mm-hmm. So, And you love it when people tell you what to do, don't you, Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, your natural then, habitat. Then she can tell them, no, I'll tell you the right way now. It's a learning <laughs> moment. What will be interesting as we're hearing her experience taking the class because um, you don't have a lot of experience on an adventure or no, a dirt bike. I had zero experience on a, an adventure bike. And I have about uh, four classes worth of dirt bike That's experience. Cool. <laughs> so Charlie, Jim, and I have taken so this. John wants to take it. I do. So it'll be interesting to see if he still <laughs> wants to after hearing this experience. Come oh, on, John. No, you can you, do you, it. She, she's got a, a If I did it, experience. you got to do it. Yeah, come on. I ain't afraid. I ain't afraid of that class. I got it. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're painting. We're making everybody afraid. First of all, we should explain about the blindfold thing. Because I know your <laughs> listeners are saying, oh, she does what? Or this is dumb yeah. already. But you ride over you know, cars yeah, blindfolded. That's no 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 that's separate. But it, it starts off with, you know, there's some confidence building. So in my opinion, there's a lot of classes out there for these big five hundred and fifty pound motorcycles that teach the fundamentals. You know, this is your braking, it's your balance, it's your counterbalance, is your turning, uh-huh. this is your sliding, you know, it's your throttle, it's your clutch. And there's exercises for that. And then by the time they get through those classes, they come to my class. And and this is more about what's between your ears. It's a confidence-building mm-hmm. class. And so, uh, you know, let's just let's just be honest. These are beasts. These are big bikes. And, and I'd like to just paint our listeners a photo here, uh, an image, I, if you don't, if I may, of Doodle, mm-hmm. who is sitting next to me on the sofa, I think. You there? Because yep. she's 109 <laughs> pounds soaking wet with all her gear. <laughs> 
If that, she says she is. I swear she's not. I, and no. I mean, she's a big round. It's my pinky finger. She's tiny. And I mean, short. Who's calling little. who tiny? Oh, she's tiny. <laughs> yeah. She's tiny. She's tiny. She's tiny. I've got two inches on she her. She has a toothpick. I'm a Twinkie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so these bikes are super intimidating. And, and the most important thing for me is to, to build the confidence in the rider. And if they have the confidence... They can do anything. Yes, there's cars. Yes, we ride over cars. But, you know, it starts off with the blindfold. And and after you've learned that you can balance the bike with one finger, right? And you and I hope you tell the whole experience. Mm-hmm. But the, the blindfold is, is about letting, first of all, it illustrates how important it is to look where you go. Right, Miss Emma? Look where you, you go. Absolutely. You yeah. look where you're going. You've got to stress that. Yep. Target. Mm-hmm. 100%. And you, you can't turn these big adventure bikes, you know, if you're not looking all the way around the corner. Mm-hmm. And then, listen, and then, so you, you lose your eyesight. So you can't look where you go anymore. And so it definitely emphasizes how important that is. But now you're basically dealing with all your other senses as well. All right, so, where's that coming from? John, know, was somebody, that you? Somebody's playing music, John. <laughs> John, John, that was you. It was not. <laughs> anyway, so you're, what, you were listening. You were listening to the flags whipping in the wind. You were feeling very lightly on the bars so you could feel the grass. Mm-hmm. So you could tell when the, when the transition happened between the grass and the smooth dirt, right? And you're just paying attention to everything else on the bike, your balance. And, and you were able to ride completely to your target and stop right where it was. Oh, there's no other words, Jocelyn. Jocelyn already got her secret note. Okay. Oh, in, in other secret words, use the force. Here, just so you <laughs> know. No, and exactly. And, and to me, I just remember you talking about when you did your first GS Trophy qualifying and you had to ride and land on the paper plate, ride blindfolded, and you were listening to the, the flags and feeling your way. And that's why I knew what the reason was. Um, and that's why I gave in. I, it still sucked. It did. It did. But after, mm-hmm. you know, you guys started off with, you know, very intimidating on, on these big motorcycles. These bikes are so intimidated. But after that exercise, you guys were all excited, high five and say, I just rode this 550 pound motorcycle blindfolded. Oh, no. I yeah. rode it blindfolded into the ground twice. Yeah. <laughs> I fell over only like seven <laughs> feet. I fell right over. <laughs> doodle, doodle, please tell us your experience. So how did you do with it? How did I do with it? Um, Overall, blindfold, only the blindfold exercise all day, the next two days. How did you do the blindfold exercise? Oh, blindfold exercise. Uh, Apparently, I went in a straight line, in a super straight line. Um, Whoa, yeah. like, I yes. like I mean, chocolate. I Steve, it. Steve is there. All the, way, the whole distance. Straight. Get out. Yeah. Twice. Yeah, perfect. That's awesome. Twice. But can I tell them how I ended it? Yeah. Sure. Well, you heard a horn. <laughs> I ended it in a panic. But why? <laughs> I freaked out. I heard the horn, which means stop. So, oh, you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Jocelyn blows a horn if you're going to hit something or you reach your destination. Well, it's supposed to be more like if you <laughs> hear this noise and we Start let the air horn go. And there is a tree. Take your time. Not too, yeah. You've got about a bike length to slow down. You're about to have no time. That's what I remember. I'm like, wait, are they going to blow the horn? No, no, no. Charlie, I think you did well on it, right? Oh, no, I dropped the bike like halfway through the field. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you made it further than I. But um, so let's start. um, So you don't have a lot of experience. So what were you riding for this? Um, Jocelyn's BMW GS 1250. Were you intimidated by it? That's a pretty big bike. Well, yeah. 
That's a lot bigger than my bike. Jocelyn, you said you were going to put her on the little bike. You stuck her on the big one. No, that's a little one. My big one's a 1250, but that's my I thought you were going to put her on the 300. Oh, I don't have that anymore. I off that one. But you know, oh, you mean the Kawasaki? Yeah. Yeah. No, I wanted her to have the experience of an adventure bike. I mean, okay. she came here as, uh, you know, sorry, but short girl on big um, bike, wanted to learn how to handle the big, um, tall bikes. And mm-hmm. I got to say, that bike, that bike is so scratched up and in such, you know, yeah. such a <laughs> bad, uh, it's in bad condition. And I was like, well, it can't get any worse. And I think <laughs> after her class, like, it looks better, Steve, would you say? <laughs> the bike, he, he helps me work on it. It looks better, huh? And like she did yeah. improvement to it. Yeah. And the th- the thing is about these BMWs, for someone who's never ridden them, part of the reason they're so successful, they carry their weight very, very low and forward. Mm-hmm. And if Those we if we think about what makes a bike handle well, you you draw an imaginary line from the crown of the headstock to the rear wheel axle. Everything in front and below that line's helping you. Everything behind and above it is hindering you. And the BMW, when you look at the layout of the bike, you know, the enormous mass of the engine, especially the crank, is way down and way forward. And so for its size, compared to a Harley-Davidson bagger, which carries its weight very, very high, they're actually, they look far more intimidating to ride than they are, particularly in the dirt. They're very well-balanced bikes. Um, So I'm glad you rode that, because that Mm -hmm. was part of the goal. In fact... um, I need to have a little side conversation with John real quick, if you don't mind. Hey, John. So when Jocelyn called me and asked for a bike for her to borrow, and I said, sure, she can borrow the KLR 650. And Jocelyn said, I'd rather put her on a real adventure bike. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Okay, so back to. That's the dad magnet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Haters going to hate. Jocelyn. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lose some fans here. My closest friends know this about me. So I, I've, I've owned well over 40 motorcycles, right? I love them all. Mm-hmm. I've ridden just about every make and model that there is. I love them all. Except. With one exception. <laughs> if somebody came to my house and knocked on the door, and they opened the door and they handed me a pink slip to a brand new KLR650 and said it is one mile down the road and you just need to go pick it up. I would just shut the door. <laughs> I would not go back inside and sit down and watch something stupid on TV. There's no way. I wouldn't even pick it up. So, sorry, I just was like, my friends will never let me live it down if this girl, doodle, shows up on KLR on my cars. It's like, no, please, no, don't do this to me. Well, we, we talked about it a little bit, too. And, you know, and it's like if you don't ride the big bike at the class, you don't get this the feeling that you want at the end of it, no matter where you end up in the class, because you know you showed up and rode a well, big-ass adventure bike. And and, mm-hmm. and full disclosure, I did offer her the KLR 650 or the Africa Chin. When I, uh, and thank you. Actually. And what I said was, I think what's really important um, for your takeaway from this class is Jocelyn teaches clutch control, which is very important. My Africa twin is a DCT, no clutch. Mm -hmm. So I said, if you want to take away clutch control that you can use on any bike, you should take the KLR. If you want to take away managing a large adventure bike, take the DCT, the Africa twin. But you can't have both. With mm-hmm. my bikes, mm-hmm. um, no, I'm just giving you shit uh, about the uh, the KLR. Um, I it's it's a great bike to loan, Jocelyn, because no one can kill it. 
It, it's my loaner bike, my rental bike, my it's spare bike. It's truly just, it's the fun. Cockroach of motorcycles. <laughs> That's why I haven't listed on Twisted Road as the mighty cockroach. Yeah. I mean, you're trying to kill. I know. So is that the bike they were automatically discounting on Twisted Road without you <laughs> yeah, knowing exactly. it? I know. <laughs> That's oh, the Gale buy one get one free. discount. So you came to take this class, and first of all, you're riding a large adventure bike. Mm-hmm. Um, were you scared? Were you intimidated? Um, definitely, but I knew I was in good hands. So all those yeah. things I would not have done by myself. Like I wouldn't have rented a BMW Jazz or get gotten even gotten one myself and did all those things I watched Jocelyn Snow do on YouTube. And I'm just curious, mm-hmm. how many times did you fall over? Oof. I, still, I lost count. Maybe like 12, you think? Oh, oh. God. Yeah, I would say, I would <laughs> okay. say about so, a lot. And they were I just told you, 100%, yeah. you yeah. will fall over. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I, I have a So, Because I remember some of the reaction in our group. What was the ball-headed guy's name? Um, oh, uh, not John. Uh, you, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking Raymond. about? Raymond. Raymond. Raymond, when he yeah. first saw oh, the Ray course. Ray. Yeah, Ray Ray. <laughs> he, sh- he shit a brick. He's like, no way, no way, yeah. no way. He was he, sweating. Did you see he him? Was? He like blew up his sweat. He looked like, like a hot flash and menopause. I was just like, hang on, Ray Ray. It's fine. It's fine. He's like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But he did. He, he totally did. did. And I'm, I'm curious what Carolyn's first react. When you saw yeah. the playground and you saw everything, see, were the, you like- the teeter-totter, the sand pit, the, the big log pile, yeah, the cars. Right. Yeah. What was your thought? Yeah. I mean, that looks like superhero training to me. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, superhero training. (laughs) So my question to you, Jocelyn, is at some stage you sat down and figured out this is the training program and this is what order we're going to do it in. Was there a kind of standard curriculum you drew on from a European model or is this just something that came out of Miss Snow's head? Honest, yeah. It it all came out of my head and it's because – I remember being afraid of these big bikes. I remember it wasn't that long ago. You know, I've only been on an adventure bike for, what, four and a half, five years now. Uh, And I remember, you know, learning how to ride bikes. I remember after my first, you know, crash on a dirt bike or crash. So hang on, let's stop there. Who taught you to ride GSs? I made every mistake you can possibly make since I've been riding since 12 and I've done everything wrong and I've, and I've made all the mistakes and they stick with me and I remember them. Right. Um, one, you know, it's, I guess it was self-taught. It, you know, it, I, I had that whole feeling that a lot of people have like, well, that's a big bike. I can't touch the ground. These are not lowered bikes that we have, by the way, well, they're full stock. Emma, and, I'd like to remind you. Yes. It wasn't, uh, the GS that she learned on at first. It was. Oh, yeah, so there's like, that was the KTM 990 SMT. But that was the 17 inch wheels because I yeah. felt like but yeah, that's you're a street supposed bike. to be able to put both feet down. But it is a street bike, correct? But I, I put knobby tires on it. Remember, I took that rear tire and I flipped it around and put it on the front because yeah. they didn't make a front tire that was knobby for that. And I called it an adventure bike, but it really, it really wasn't an adventure bike. But I will bike, say, just to kind of give you credit and show your skill as a rider. I would not put that thing on the dirt because that is such a twitchy throttle. (laughs) Like it's, that would be so intimidating. The fact that you were able to ride that on dirt, I'm like, oh shit, man. Because that is, that's a twitchy bike. It it is. And it's it's just, it's really about, about seat time. I've had a lot of seat time. But when I designed the course, 
you know, I kept in mind everything that I had gone through and like if there was the perfect course for me to get over my fears and stop being intimidated and be and be confident enough to to ride these bikes, what would it look like? And so, you know, the course has it has a couple different levels. Um, You know, Doodle came in on more of a, a beginning level, but it was it was for me like. This was like the best weekend because to watch her, we started off with just this is how you balance the bike with one finger. And as soon as she balanced the bike with one finger and she walked all the way around this bike holding it with one hand, you know, circling the bike, it didn't become so heavy anymore, did it, Doodle? It was like it didn't weigh a thing because it was in in balance. And then immediately. That was wild. Yeah. And immediately from that, you know, she got on the bike and she started following me and I said, do everything I do. Liza loves that. Liza, <laughs> do everything I do. So we start off with right away. Uh, I swung one leg over, and we were we were on one side of the bike, oh, two yeah. legs side on one saddling. side, side saddle, uh-huh. then on the other side, and then right like foot. This woman's crazy. Yeah, she did it all. Right <laughs> foot on the left peg, and then scissor kick. Just so you know, Doodle, mm-hmm. I didn't do that shit. What? <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? serious? Oh yeah. Liza's got bad knees, <laughs> but you start feeling like a I super high, a superhero when you can start doing that. It she did feel did pretty it. cool. It, it feels was pretty, pretty cool. One hour right? into the class, and she did it. it. Was, uh, yeah. Talk about it. I mean, I was pretty terrified. I'll, I'll, but uh, yeah, I also thought this woman is nuts. Well, what that, that goes without saying. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you. Kicks on us. So like, we'll talk about like the different things, but I want to mm-hmm. know which one of the obstacles did you just nail, and which one did you struggle the most. Hmm. Or, oh, Jocelyn, if you want to tell her which one she nailed. Jocelyn has been passing around a fabulous picture of Doodle navigating some logs, (laughs) which is a great picture. So which one did you, did you, yeah. (laughs) So which one did you have, like, I nailed it, I did it. Um, Like you, you felt like, which one did I nail? Yeah, Um, you nailed a lot of them, I gotta say. (laughs) Right, Steve, well, let's ask Steve, Steve, which one did you nail? I, I, the one I was most impressed with was the blindfold. Oh, yeah, that, literally! That, that I mean, was that was, was really impressive. She was in total control. I, yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I felt like I nailed the barrel rope. What'd you nail, Jim? Oh, none of it. But <laughs> <laughs> I nailed no, you my did head. The cars. You I did nailed, the cars. I nailed my head going oh. through the sand pit. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but I was also curious about the the teeter totters. But whatever. But because I know but, the teeter totters get in your head, right? Uh, the teeter totters were fun for me. But, but, I didn't get on the teeter totters this round because so I, I want to come back. What? Like in a couple which weeks. one did you struggle the most with? Which one scared you the most? You know what? I think actually the one that scared me the most. Um, also ended up being one that I nailed. Oh, um, and that was the sand. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 If it's you can so do sand, nailed it. Oh, the Doodle? universe opens to you. And, and <laughs> might I say, it's rained here, but it yeah. didn't rain where, where we were. Right. It Just was so sunny know, and seventy, and that I sand didn't do the sand. Yeah. Fluffy, <laughs> it deep, deep, deep sand. And it's you know that'll make your butt clench. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> Just, and you know, dude, like, that doesn't surprise me. That the one you struggled with, you regarded as your greatest achievement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here, when we're teaching somebody to ride their bike and they just uh, work on their bike and they just get so horribly out of their depth, and you can see the panicking. Mm-hmm. And I, I say, now look, stop, breathe, center yourself. What you think is going to be a tragedy is really going to mm-hmm. end up as your greatest victory. Mm-hmm. And then we bring it back, mm-hmm. and then the bike starts. And you can see this, like, fantastic. Yeah. But they were they were right on the brink. And, of course, I'd never let anybody and get 
over the brink. And I want to say, this is not just like a little sandpit. How long is this sandpit of deep sand? Um, yeah, it's just shy. It's about 70 feet. Yes. That's plenty. It's how big you make <laughs> it when you get free sand from the county, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Thank you, but, ditches. But, but what did, how? What did you big. do? What, what was your technique? What were the methods to get through the sand? Like so the technique was, number one, don't panic when the rear wheel's wobbling through. Just uh-huh. kind of move and be loose with the bike, kind of dancing with the bike. And, uh, um... No, no clutch, no rear brake, no rear brake, no front brake, nothing but throttle, nothing but a positive throttle. So keeping it consistent or maybe increasing. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't increase it, though. I think I kept it consistent. Um, but that part was weird because I'm so used to in like in, in a course playing with the friction zone, playing with the clutch and the rear brake. And mm-hmm. but that was no, it was like, don't touch that. Just the throttle and the knees loose, uh, leaning back. And the so, best part, yeah. shaking your butt. Yeah, wiggle your butt. <laughs> yeah, just like and you got it the butt and the clutch is all the way out and you have no other hope, just yes. shake your butt. Yeah, if the bike moves, and move it with zips it. Right just follow You know, it. and, and Jocelyn, just so you know, uh, I didn't do that because I can't ride standing up and my knees were really hurting by that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. We were all just agreed. It's just going to be like tragic every time. I think it's How riding a KLR. It doesn't yeah. hurt your knees. However, I watched intently everybody who did it and I feel like I did it and I have used the methods since then because I just I watched and I was just watching Jim and the wiggle the butt and the body position and the throttling um so I I, I still learned from it um well, and that's what's great about Jocelyn's teaching she's got mm-hmm. a lot to teach and even if you don't physically do it well, you can still get it. I mm-hmm. think with the sand, and don't get—I don't mean to put words yeah. in anybody's mouth, but it's almost like you adapt to what you can do. So even though you're sitting, you still got your weight back, you still got your elbows yeah. up, you still got your eyes up, you're still super relaxed and all that kind of stuff. And, so. and here's a great thing. Uh, Charlie, you can tell me if this has happened to you. And, and dude, I'm going to tell you this will probably happen to you because I know it's Jim and I. How many times, Jim, are you just riding and then you get into some shit and then Jocelyn's words come into your head and you like get yourself set for it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, and that's what happens to me. Yeah. Let me guess. I go, take a picture. Screwdriver. Yeah. No hammer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Screwdriver. Look yeah, up. Yeah. Charlie's that breathe for you. Do you hear her in your head sometimes? You just keep looking straight. Yeah. <laughs> take a picture. <laughs> and Jocelyn has more sense to listen to the podcast. Draw the but, bow. But every time I, I take a trip, you know, and we do like a little ride report, and I've been doing a lot of desert riding. Um, it always starts with, well, I always fall back on what I learned at Jocelyn's camp. And I won't gush over it all right now because there's plenty to gush on. Um, but literally, and I'll just speak briefly, is it, it happens at two times. When I hit my groove, I think about Jocelyn because my weight's in the right spot. And it, it's all about the pinky. I got my, my Jocelyn pinky, I call it. And, and it means everything's loose. And, um, the crooked one or the straight one? Yes. And um, the one that wraps around the very end of the throttle. Yeah. Because that's what that's all I'm gripping with. And, and elbows up and but more when I always when I when I always think about it, it's the oh shit moment. And typically in the desert, because I'm getting a little better, I'm getting faster, right? And things just come up so quickly and the light's so flat it's hard to see. And like a classic one is you're hauling ass and then it's a quick, deep, rutted sand berm. Right. And ruts used to scare the heck out of me. Now they become your friend. Right. You look because as soon as you get into it. But I'm like, oh, shit. And it's always it's the Jocelyn stuff. It's eyes up, elbows up, grip with your pinkies and then look to the next problem. The one, the problem you're in 
doesn't matter anymore. And then you're looking to the next one. And mm-hmm. and usually there's a, a Hong Kong fooey kick out there somewhere. Because <laughs> you're like, ah! <laughs> but, it, but it works so well. And, I, and there's a, con- I mean, it's kind of silly, but there's a confidence that comes with that, knowing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little bit more risks. Not that I'm a crazy writer, but knowing that you can because you've had enough oh crap experiences mm-hmm. and the muscle memories now to snap into those things. And the writing becomes so much more more fun. And I've talked about this on the podcast. Okay, my favorite thing about desert writing, and it all comes from mm-hmm. your class, and you'll love this. It's like, like zen shit. You get a metaphysical. But when you go through like the scrub desert, right? So this is out Johnson Valley where they do King of Hammers, right? And it's the nice, it's a desert where you can ride off the trail and it's just desert and nice. it's not too rough and you can haul it, but it's all the scrub bushes and you can snap a line and this is out of your school and I can, it, sometimes it's 50 feet, sometimes it could be 500 yards, but it's through the bushes oh, and you see nice. it, you see it forever and that's when you can pick your eyes up and, and pin it and the bike starts floating on the sand and you just, and it's the most freeing it's feeling like water ever. skiing, right? It's you exactly, so or a free. jet ski. Complete control from like the waist down. And everything's right? relaxed. And, the and bike you go just, drunk. Remember your body just goes drunk or goes asleep. You just relax your body and that bike it's like water yeah and then then you're hauling ass and you think you're like yoda on a dirt bike and then all of a sudden there's that perpendicular road and a four foot drop off you know and then a four foot jump on the other side but it's back to the training it's like expect the unexpected wasn't that brady bunch but expect because then it comes back you're like okay unexpected stuff is going to come up just take a breath and keep your eyes up yeah i think the thing that comes up the most for me uh, that i've used a few times now is look up that's the answer Look up. That's the answer. Um, and it's interesting. So I recently did a trip to Pakistan. We're riding all different types of terrain. When we're on these beautifully paved roads with sweepers, I'm remembering um, from track day, um, you know, um, what to, where to look to go through the turns. And then we get on the dirt and, and I'm remembering Jocelyn and I'm finding lines and I am, uh, you know, looking up. You having more head phone issues? It's okay. Okay, yeah. We got more. We can throw we'll at you. It. We'll make it work. <laughs> okay, um, but it's very important, and these are things that you will take, uh, not just for doing like, you know, big adventure rides, but just anywhere you ride. You might be on a gravel road, and it will come back to you. And this is all going to help you be a better rider. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about some of the other things that you've done that you featured on your YouTube channel that are making you a better rider. Mm-hmm. Um. Probably this year. Uh, well, let me start with last year. Uh, I raised my bike back to stock height. That was number one. <laughs> because Jocelyn Snow, when I remember just complaining in, in a video about how uh, saying I can't ride taller bikes. I'm dropping them. It's embarrassing. Like I went to a, a like Triumph is uh, Triumph, Triumph are my heart. And I went to a Triumph press event and I was around all these other other riders and uh oh wait you're good are we good okay and uh and i dropped a, and i dropped one of the brand new tri one of the br- brand new triumphs right in front of everybody cuz i was so used Ooh. to putting 2 feet down and it wasn't a big bike at all it was a triumph thruxton i was just very slightly uh not even a tiptoes i was not totally flat foot that's it and uh yeah so i remember just complaining on youtube about how i just i can't ride bigger bikes what is it but i noticed that all these other people that are my height or shorter like some of them are 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 just fine they're not dropping bikes maybe i just need to get used to it so i raised my bike back to stock height and i told myself i'm just i'm just get used to it but that was all i knew i thought i just need to get used to the height and then a subscriber actually told me about Jocelyn Snow. Oh, 
Oh, there it is. Yes. Thank and, you, subscriber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, I want to say that was Barry. I want to say his name was Barry. And and I started watching her videos, and I found out she's 5'1". So she's two inches shorter than she's me. She's five, five, one. Five, one and a half. Don't forget no, the half, please. I know, I know the feeling. See, I say half I'm five. The important I'm, bit. I say I'm five three and seven point and point seven five inches. Don't forget the point seven five inches. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, w- and when I saw that, I thought, "There's nothing I can't do." That's right. I could do it too. Like so. the, the tall, heavy adventure bikes. Well, that's, the, that's and it. this is one of the reasons why I'm really hoping that Stumpy John can take your class because the reason we call him Stumpy John, he's got legs like tree stumps. He just <laughs> unfortunately has. Short legs, um, but it's it's not just women. There's a lot of men too yeah. who have the same thing. Yeah. And John has um, first of all, he's been finding bikes that work for him mm-hmm. that fit him better mm. is a good thing. But taking Jocelyn's class, John, we need to get you out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to go. I yep. can't um, wait um, to see you blindfolded. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, Doodle, I'm I'm very interested because of course mm-hmm. triumphs are English and mm-hmm. absolutely awesome mm-hmm. and the love of my life mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and where are they made? Well, oh, the, come the, on. The, the current Thailand. The, the, <laughs> well, no, hang on, just hang on. They are assembled in Thailand of componentry mm-hmm. that's at least sixty percent English. Um, you know, they they still maintain the factory at Hinkley. Um, all the stuff I ride was made in Meriden and Birmingham because I ride the old stuff. Um, so how did you get into Triumphs? Triumphs specifically? Um, so originally, it was a Triumph Street Triple R was the just the second bike on the street I've ever ridden. That's a good bike. My first bike uh, was a Suzuki S40 Boulevard one-cylinder, and I rode a mm-hmm. girlfriend's Street Triple R, and right. I was enamored by how oh after an s40 yeah yeah i mean that's (laughs) like yeah oh wait but just wait it it, that's not enough because i decided maybe it's just my second bike so it feels smooth so i'm a little nuts so i decided i needed to test ride every single bike that i could find so i took about a it took me about a year but i test rode about 12 different bikes and after doing that i thought yep triumphs are the smoothest bikes i've ever ridden that's what i want there's a reason for that that triple uh-huh. I got it's, a Triumph Street Triple R after that. There is nothing on the road that sounds like a triple. Oh, I know. And they're so well balanced. Mm. Um, and the, the power delivery and the smoothness of them is absolutely superb. So how's Triumph, um, your Triumph treated you? Well, or has it been a little troublesome? No, no. Once I got m- more, so I started doing one foot down because I saw Jocelyn yes, Snow yes, doing yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, obviously, I didn't need to do qu- as much dog in a fire hydrant as she does on the adventure bikes, but <laughs> I still I implemented that that specific thing, and that was a game changer. Once I just started putting one foot down, that simple thing on my Triumph, um, I just I stopped dropping it as much as I used to. It's really rare now. I I mean I used to drop it like once a month, but it's been maybe one or two drops since since I've done that. Race it back to stock height. So I have an update. <clears throat> Jimmy haven't heard this yet. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm six foot tall. I've never had a problem with a bike being too big. I can put my feet down on just about anything. But lately, I've been, like, talking with uh, the misfits here and saying, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think it's possible. My Africa twin is just too big. Mm-hmm. And here's why. I don't have a problem riding it. It's when I'm pushing it, getting it out of the garage, and a slight, slight incline okay. back. In. Hold on. I'm going to stop on. you. Liza's latest 
bonehead move. Stop. Oh, no. um, and so part of it is just moving it around is so unwieldy. And Jim, you don't you don't know this is so funny. Um, I discovered a possible reason for that today. A definite reason. <laughs> oh no. So here's the deal. Uh, on the DCT, when I come to a stop, when I get to my destination, I just turn the bike off. Um, and when you turn it back on, it's in neutral. So I just assumed it's in neutral. I discovered today, as I was again trying to move the bike, and I was like, Charlie, this bike is so hard to move, <laughs> right? And I had a, we were just swapping bikes in the garage, and I pushed it back in. I put it up on the center stand, and... I try to turn the rear wheel and there's friction. It's hard to move. It feels like it's almost not quite in gear, but sort of in gear. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? No, well, I turn the bike on and there's a click. It turns in neutral. And now the wheel moves easily. Mm. When I come to a stop, it doesn't put it in neutral. It's in a half gear. Oh. No, it's in a full gear. But it's not as hard as like, it's not first gear. Okay. It feels so here's how it works. Yeah. So your bike, this is why you are a bonehead, Liza. <laughs> your bike, as you know, when you ride a DCT, it's not like a CVT transmission. There's, you know, click, 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 up and down through the gears. Yeah. And that is mechanical gear selection, which is electronically controlled. Yeah. And then it goes through two clutches, which is also electronically controlled. Your mistake, you pull up, and you park your bike and it's in first and you turn the ignition off. Right. It's not going to put itself back into neutral. It does when you turn no, it on. No, it... Not start it. Just turn the key on. No, it but clicks. it's not a real neutral. You no, it actually, do, no, it does. From this point forward, if you select neutral before you switch the bike off... Which is what I'm realizing now. But, and so then that's switch the bike off. God. Because every time I turn the bike on, it's in neutral. I just didn't realize it didn't switch it until I turned the key on. How long you, you would think the owner's and manual would have something like pushing that? Pushing it right around here. in gear and struggling. Normal so, people leave their bike in neutral before they switch it off. Yeah, well, unless you're on an DCT. incline. <laughs> so just so you know, it's it's sometimes it's big people who struggle with a big bike mm. too. Mm. And I've been saying, um. I'm starting to understand this is an issue I've never had. I've never been intimidated by a bike. I've never experienced that in my life. And now it's hard for me to admit, gosh, maybe this is too big. Well, it's too hard to move around. So it's given me some insight to what people do deal with that right. mental game of like, Ugh, which bike do I want to ride? I don't know if I want to ride that one today because it gets into your head. Mm-hmm. You know, so to learn the technique and to learn to put it into neutral, the, whatever it takes to get back that confidence is huge. And to be fair on you, Liza, the Africa Twin does carry it, carry its weight it very does. high. Yes. Even even rolling easily. I mean, it's a very, very high C of G bike. I have a question because we really don't care about your DCT Africa yes, Twin. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I, you said you you got a chance to ride twelve different motorcycles. How, how did you list them? Because we well, no, no. Well, that oh. also, but also <laughs> Liza had her experience. It was so difficult, mm-hmm. and a lot of dealers don't let let you test ride that mm. much anymore. So, how were you able to test ride so many bikes? Um, I basically stalked just about every dealership within a. 60 mile radius of me for demo days 
Ah, uh, okay. Yes, demo ah, days, and if if I had any friends, um, I think at that point that must have been 2017. So I don't think I right. knew about any rental companies yet, like Rider Share or Twisted Road. Yeah. So I think that was mainly it was demo days and uh, and friends. And I think being in a in a far more Mostly metropolitan area like yes. Atlanta as yes. opposed mm. it'd be like if we were living up in the city oh. or San Jose it'd be Atlanta, a lot easier Atlanta has a lot, a lot of dealers a right. lot of good dealers yes yes uh-huh. mm-hmm. so um, now that you've because so, you've yeah. ridden so many bikes and everything mm-hmm. you've gotten the adventure bike mm-hmm. uh, are you starting to think a little more dual sport stuff like what might one of your next yeah bikes so you've be? done dirt you've done adventure yeah. you've done a big bagger mm-hmm. you've done sport because now that you've had some dirt experience in Al Jocelyn's class, yeah. dirt opens up a whole other universe, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, pretty much un- only until very, very recently, I always said, I don't need another bike. My Triumph Street Triple R is perfect. What else do I need? And then this year I started riding dirt. I went on a road trip on, on those baggers because I wasn't mm-hmm. going to take a naked bike, a little naked bike, training with Jocelyn Snow. And now I'm like, now for the first time I am thinking you know, it would be kind of nice to have something that could, that I could ride for long trips, that I could pack up well, that I could take off road, that, um, and that preferably was bigger because for me, having a smaller bike is essentially a tr- uh, a crutch, because I want to test ride a lot of bikes. I I enjoy getting on lots of bikes. I'm not being limited. I don't ever want to say, oh, so the only option that I have when I've only ridden mid level naked bikes to go on this road trip is a big bagger i don't want to say no i want to say no problem so that's why i think these bikes that quote-unquote fit me are like a crutch can i make a suggestion slash throw down a challenge for you yeah klr 650 (laughs) (laughs) no stretch Busa. oh god that's the bike stretch Busa with a Purple neon. No, no problem. No, I have. I, mean, no I think problem. I have excellent challenge for you, and we have somebody on our show who could help you with it. What's that? Scooter Cannonball. Ooh. Scooter. What's oh that? God! Ah, bagel. <laughs> See what's behind bagel? Yes. A a garage full of scooters. He is our extreme scooterist. Mm. He's the hardest. Yep. That's core, no hard extreme scooterist. That that, that's like yeah, an oxymoron. No, he's a hardcore rider. Oh, <laughs> yes. And he does sorry, a scooter bagel. cannonball where they go cross country on scooters. Yeah. Oh. How many cannonballs but have you did, done? Cannonballs. I've I've done six, but I, I think oh. I think I'm done for for for. Well, uh, let's put it this for, way. Last summer he mm-hmm. did. Three iron butts on a scooter. Whoa. Didn't you do like the platinum right. butt? What was that thing yeah, you did? I know, right? Oh my I goodness. think he's got well, a diamond two, butt. What was <laughs> it? It was, it was 2,000 miles within 48 hours. <gasps> and oh, I did it on a G- yeah. GTS 250. Oh my gosh. Best you yes, when you flew here, I think. But, on the <laughs> airlines, right? So I do but, not rule out scooter, scooters. Okay. Right, but the scooter cannon, oh. the scooter cannonball is is essentially a more or less a ten day ride from coast to coast across the country oh. on scooters that are less than three hundred cc's. Oh my gosh! Yes, it's, it's <laughs> why grueling. would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm terribly sorry, Bagel. Hold on, but <laughs> wait, did you not just ride blindfolded? Yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> hey, well, you know what? If you have this scary little lady telling you put on this blindfold <laughs> ride, then I'm like, she's scared. Oh, okay, because um, okay. I'm just—it seems that. like you are, and through your your YouTube channel, you're exploring and learning and expanding your yeah, writing I, capabilities. And yeah. I'm just reminding here, you here that. <laughs> Being a scooterist mm-hmm. is another 
mm-hmm. uh, type of riding. Mm. And Bagel is an extreme scooterist here. May mm-hmm. I say something? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Unlike all the other ridiculous suggestions I've heard, <laughs> which are frankly babbling from the sickbed, mm-hmm. I actually have a suggestion which I think mm-hmm. is the perfect bike for you. Well, that, detail. that would be a Triumph Tiger 900. Oh, yes. And they are, I mean, they are <laughs> oh, absolutely. Hold on, hold on. Jocelyn, is that a real adventure bike? Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. that can okay, pass. Just yeah, that's okay, okay. John, I would go pick that one yes. up. None other. Yes. I have been eyeing the. I have been eyeing that. Baby. John that's on the screen there break. has been playing with his Tiger Eight Hundred for how many years now? Uh, just about a year. Yeah, and you you mm. love that thing, don't you? I do love that bike. It's uh, it's kind of perfect. It's got oh. all the power. It's got the same horsepower as a, the Africa Twin. Oh. Right. Do you, it, do you know uh, how much it weighs, John, off the top of your head? It's like Many. 460 wet, I believe. Oh. So it's a little lighter than the GS. How much does it weigh when it's in balance, Doodle? It weighs nothing. Right. <laughs> 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 nothing at the end of one mile. <laughs> but they, I mean, they are very, very good bikes. And yeah. everything the 800 is... Like the 900's just a little bit more. It's a very developed product. Yeah. I've, I yeah. think they're absolutely superb. Oh. And, and I, I've ridden one, actually. I've ridden the, the low v- version on like a really quick ride, and I was amazed at how light it felt. Mm-hmm. And yeah. have you done a track day yet? Just one, years ago. Because Charlie here just bought a new bike. Ooh. I bought a beat-up. No, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you it, buy, Charlie? It's on fire. Tell us, Charlie. Tell us what you bought, Charlie. Tell us, Charlie. I bought a 2020 Ninja 400. Ooh. It's clean, too. Nice. It has um, one less cylinder than my CBR 400 or CBR 600. Well, no, that ended up as a three-cylinder <laughs> yeah. bike, Charlie. Sorry to score. Track days is another great yes. skill yes. that transfers to the street. Mm-hmm. Especially mountain rides. And mountain Charlie curves. just bought a very smart bike for doing track days, mm. a Ninja 400. Great, great bike. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good, good find, Charlie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to really enjoy... Crashing it really fast. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, don't say that. I also got a new bike. <laughs> what, did, what did you Ooh. get? Well, you know what I got because you saw it. Let's tell everyone. I got a 1977 Benelli 500 Quattro. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. nice. I don't even know what that is. In puke pea green. What's it called? Baby puke pea green? I don't know. It's a very Italian color. It's like olive green pearl. Ooh. Um, I think hmm. it was my mom's refrigerator in 1972. Yeah, it's, it's a very <laughs> 70s color. But, you know, it's I mean... Me- it metallic avocado. Y- no, yeah. it's darker than avocado. It's uh, like a, it's like an army like an green olive? metallic. Yeah. Like an olive. Hmm. Yeah, it's like an olive. It's very Italian mm. color. Oh, that's a beautiful but color. It, um, it came out of a barn in Indiana. Thank you, Chris Wiggins. And oh, it's, it's, it's done 2,000 miles from new. Wow. wow. So it's got nice. no miles on it. Um, and it needs a lot of chrome. Oh, my God. Oh. So, Did anyone else get a new bike this week? I guess we should check. No. Everybody's okay. busy buying nope. bikes. I'm going to clean out my barn next week. I'm Are you sell. really? I am. Oh, what's school. for sale? What's for sale? Every bike. What, what you oh, got wait. I want? In the barn. <laughs> Can we get a, pre- wait, a pre-sale? Oh, hold on. Hold on. We'll be right uh, on. There's some cash. KTMs in there, and there's some Hondas. The RZ350. We got a street legal. Wait, you're sell- wait hold on. You're selling the RZ? I want a CT90. Everything goes. Okay. What? Wait a minute. Not, not the stuff in the Why? garage. We'll come down. You're going to have to tell me afterwards what's going on. No, it's good stuff. 
It's always good stuff. I got cash. That RZ. <laughs> Emma, Emma, you got a buyer for the RZ. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. 1,500 buyers for the RZ. Mm. It's very clean. I thought I'd do like an online live thing. And is yeah, it, if God, I can't make right. it go in like 60 seconds. Is it that's a awesome. white one or wow. a Kenny Roberts one? It's a Kenny yeah, Roberts Kenny yellow. Roberts. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are perfect. It was in her house. That's before. one in the house, yeah. 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 yeah it's in the nice. bar now. So, I mean, what's, what's prompted this clean out, Jocelyn? You, uh, just, you know, it's it's. At first, it was like, oh, I just want to have all these bikes, and 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 when people come over, you open the barn, and they're all Ooh, dusty, and you show them off. Uh, yeah. You know, you guys seen them? You've seen them? Yeah. The trials bikes and the dual sports and the two strokes, and it's all that's all in there. The yeah. classics, right? And the projects and the the old fashioned set, the XR seventy five things, all in mint. Oh. You know, but wait, it's you're selling that everything. You're, Everything's going. Wait, the Trail yeah. 70? Not the mini oh, bike. Yeah. The Trail Wait, 70? All of it. Oh, how much all for the Trail 70? All of it. Hi, you Ooh. need to talk to Justin after, after the show. Yeah, this is this is yeah. this shows this okay, shows for okay, doodle. Okay. We'll we'll come back well, to it. But <laughs> congratulations on on cleaning stuff out. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we will talk though. So, doodle, <laughs> what is next on the list? Next on the list? Yeah. Um, you know, this was my ultimate list was training with Jocelyn Snow Stop on adventure it. bikes. I mean, that was it. That was like, so now it's just a matter of refining that. I, I think you're going in the wrong direction. Like, supermoto. So for supermoto. Now, do supermoto. I'm yeah, supermoto. I was thinking of that too. I, I still want to find out a little more about Doodle. Mm-hmm. About, um, so you already told us you've been riding for five years. You've mm-hmm. been riding for five years. Mm-hmm. And am I right in assuming that you went through a fairly acrimonious breakup and that's what prompted <gasps> you to start riding? How did you know that? Wait, what is <laughs> wait, first, what does acrimonious mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, an unhappy breakup and you started riding because of that. Okay, I would say not necessarily unhappy, but I found myself single yeah. for the first time in a very long time. Right, because we watch your videos. Mm-hmm. We watch we your... Re- you, we research. We yeah, research. Yeah, you know, you we're not like the others. <laughs> um, so you yeah. found yourself, you're, you're suddenly single after yes. a number of years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Um, I just I just wanted to be free. I thought finally I can quit being a little follow girlfriend. I, I felt okay. like that's what I was. I was just kind of doing whatever the guy wanted to do. I wasn't being my own person. And I thought, you know, now that's I'm a great reason. Yeah, I thought. Let me just. Uh, the, my plan was not to buy a motorcycle and ride right. it at all. My plan was let me just try everything I've, that's ever popped in my head and move on with my life. Right, like so I'm, I'm guessing you had this laundry yes. list of a lot of things of uh, which yes. riding a motorbike was one of them. Yes. But uh-huh. riding bikes doesn't work like that. You ride them and you're like, oh. Exactly, and that's what happened. So I took the MSF course thinking, perfect, I'll just learn to right. ride in, in one weekend, then I'll move on with my life. But then after that weekend... Life had other plans for you, didn't yep. it? I got addicted. I got hooked. So we know what your second bike. We know what your second bike was. <laughs> so what was your first? My first was the Suzuki S40, S40 Boulevard. Oh, that's right. And that's not a bad place to start. No, you and know, that is great because it's a low bike and it's confidence. It's building. like a cruiser in two thirds scale. It, yes, exactly. It was so little, and it's like I riding it. a big bass drum. Um, I could I like lift it things. myself with improper skill. That's right. how yeah. light it was. Um, 384 pounds um, and low. I'll tell you what's next. What's next? Pakistan. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ooh, boy. Yeah, you want to come, come with me to Pakistan? Should, I may, should probably get some more training first. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> in oh. Pakistan. Yeah, so, and just so you know, again, hardcore scooters, bagel mm-hmm. roads, vintage scooters in Pakistan. Oh, my yeah, gosh. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, across 2,000 like, kilometers. 
across like I'm guessing not like the most pristine streets ever. Oh no, 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 no. Do you, this wow. is yeah, we wow. we went across Himalayans. the DSI plains on yeah. on fifty year old Vespas with the with trails that had like baby head rocks, like baby baby doll head size rocks. Yeah, baby head rocks. <gasps> Oh yeah, gosh. just like Jocelyn's rock pit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we didn't do that this round. You did gravel, though. Um, I did. She nailed it. Wait, gravel. hold on. Did you do the telephone pole? No, no. But, and, and actually, there's a new obstacle that was just built. Steve hooked this up. What? What? Uh, and it's only been ridden by One, me. Once. Twice. Three times. Three times. What yeah. is it? What is yeah. it? Talking on the mic, Steve. What is it? It's, uh, well, we call it the Green Mile. Talking on the mic. Oh, we call it the Green Mile, and it's... It's like the log, uh-huh. but it's like six inches wide and 70 feet, 80, 80 feet long. Wow. How, how long is the telephone pole? The telephone pole, I'm going to say, is maybe 20. This thing's 80 feet. Actually, the telephone pole might be 15, and it's high off the ground. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. The risk is a high risk. Because if you Ooh. ride off it, you know you've got mm-hmm. what your fork tube, you've got you've your got, foot pad, you got a lot of you, stuff, and There's you're a lot you're of stuff up. The, it's a beam, yeah. so you're up in the air about you know I would say a good solid two feet or so. Oh God! So if you're gonna get off, you gotta so get, you get off. Get yeah. 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 Oh, you know what? Yeah. I don't think Jocelyn knows what we set up out in the parking lot from time to time. We just no. did it no, a few no, weeks you told ago. me, you told me. We just did it again a few weeks ago. So, so did we have a little electric mini bike? And I set up a little mini course there. Like you have to ride over a ladder and then around uh, and then down like a two by four. Just sitting there like on the two by four. And then we do a teeter totter. And then you got to do a coffee grinder. And then you got to, we use pears instead of tennis balls on traffic cones. Mm -hmm. You got to go real slow. And we set up a little course on the mini bikes and we have a lot of fun. Nice. Yes. That sounds awesome. We just totally steal all of her stuff. (laughs) So, (laughs) hey, at least you're telling it, you know, some people steal Um, it and don't say anything and that's not okay. But it, but the same skills transfer on a mini bike, right? Yeah, mm. and we also cleaned out the bowl, so the bowl mm. has now been scraped. We had an excavator came in last week and scraped Ooh. it out. So oh. the plan on that is after we get some rain, Ooh. we're gonna we're gonna smooth out the sides of the Ooh. banks. Ooh. We're gonna come in and we're gonna have mini bike races that you go up on the banks. God. Everybody sits in the middle and watches the shit happen on the outside. Yeah, yeah so, we are. Yeah, Steve, oh, Steve's helping me put this together. Brilliant. Yeah. It, it's, it's going to be, be the great. real deal. That's when are y'all doing that? Well, well when you come back. Oh, yeah. when, you come when, back. when you come back. Uh, like Absolutely. in three weeks. <laughs> so, um, November. I think you're getting close to being asked the question. I'm oh, not going to no. be the one to ask the question. Ask. Liza will. Yes, yes, yes. However, Do how can... Um, we've got one or two listeners mm-hmm. who will almost certainly be very interested in following you. So what? It, how can they follow you? How can they follow you? Oh, uh, Doodle on a Motorcycle. I'm on YouTube and Instagram. And uh, yeah, YouTube's, YouTube's my, my big place to the be. The Tube of Views, Doodle the t- the on tube a... The Tube of Views. The Tube of Views, Doodle <laughs> on a Motorcycle. Yes. And I think... Do you think you're ready to answer, ask that question, Liza? Yeah. I think she's ready to answer it. I think so. And this is always harder for people who are newer riders who... Haven't been exposed to that many bikes in the world. Um, but it sounds like you've been putting yourself out there and really trying to experience. And and especially when you look around this room, we're surrounded by hundreds of bottles I of bikes. Know. It might inspire you. There's a question that we ask everyone. And unfortunately, um, it is. It's We ask everyone, including Jocelyn. Yeah. yeah and yeah, um, it's something that 
you have to answer it. I am so sorry. The okay. question. I'll give you the question, then I'll explain it. The you question see your is face right now, right? <laughs> what the question is? What is your up the butt bike? Up the butt bike. So what that means is what bike mm. that you look I at and you know. go, oh, I take it up the butt for that. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. everybody's oh. got one. Oh. Everyone's got an up the butt bike. You're like, oh yeah, I take it up the butt for that. Everyone's got one. Yeah. Mm, I don't want to take anything up the butt. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is something equal that of that value. That, that Sorry, is an dude. Okay <laughs> <animal. laughs> That's my <laughs> usual answer. VR one thousand race bike is my up the butt bike. Oh. I totally take it up the butt for that. You take it for that Coleman mini bike. <laughs> KLR. <laughs> Why do you think there's so many? <laughs> Come on. What is there a bike that you're like, oh. I think, I don't think so. Because I think I, at least street-wise, you wear it. I okay. have it. It's my my dream bike. Yeah, what, so you just don't Apollo. know enough about bikes. So this is when oh, I Liza, assign you. Oh, no, no, no. Liza. I'm helping you out. I'm going to assign you. Oh. <laughs> oh, all right. The all right, assigned up the bike. I will bike. assign you. It's all right. I'm a little you. sister. I'm bike. a younger sister. I'll she, be assigned. She, I, I'm going to say the V4 Panigale. I think she would totally take it. A, a Ducati. Have the V4 Panigale oh, is pretty fucking. They're cool. too hot. They burn your legs. It's it's a it's an a, it's a what do you call that? I'm gonna say no. Oh, you gonna make a suggestion? Uh, Ten seven hundred. Oh yeah, oh. that'd be a good choice. But that's an attainable bike. Yeah, but just, just but br- I think she'd really like that. You think oh. she'd take it up the butt for that? <laughs> what about Britain? What about? I mean, yeah. Well, that's the most butt worthy bike ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that Triumph Tiger. Or a oh, like, like no. What about a legit Dakar bike? Yeah, Dakar bike. Tell you what, I need you Mm. to think about that. Okay. And you can let us know because I don't think you've experienced that. It might be something you see in a museum. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be it could be a bike that doesn't actually exist. It might just Mm. exist in your head. Yeah. Mm. It might be a bike that is yet to be. Everybody has that bike that they may probably never own, Mm. but gosh, they want. Oh, well, I can describe something that doesn't exist. That I don't know if it exists. Ah, well, we'll tell you. Well, that would be a bike with my engine. Yes. The body of a GS twelve fifty GS. That yeah, that right there. So you just described an FJ09? No. (laughs) Oh, a tiger? uh, uh, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yamahas and Triumphs, not the same. Mm -mm. Well, is it Mm -mm. just the... uh, I was going to say... Yamahas are much more reliable. You're so close to the tiger with that. Wait, I know. know. You know, you might as well just go out and buy a tiger. I know. No, but she she didn't get a chance... Oh, Emma, I've been been thinking about that. You didn't get a chance to try the 1250 motor. So Mm. when BMW Uh went from the 1200 to the 1250, Mm. Emma, you know, with that... Uh, shift cam and yeah, no, just I'm gonna stop you there. I'm gonna stop <laughs> you there, Jocelyn. Because I'm gonna stop you there because she's clearly she's an English girl now and yeah. she's not gonna go to the dark side of being German. So girl. smooth, dude. It doesn't matter. Well, I like smooth. can't stall. You said you're that my ears. You said you're coming back next month. I am. Yeah, I, I haven't bought my tickets yet, but we were talking about how great it would be if we. I ha- we had more time because I only had two two days with yeah. her. So she was I'm messing like, things out. We we're talking well, about well, we gotta take her to week, Talbot so. Motorcycle. Maybe. Okay, we yeah, gotta take November. her to Alice's. We can take I her can I make nine. a suggestion? Please, mm-hmm. let's let's see if we can make this work. John, do you want to take Jocelyn's class? 
Uh, maybe yeah. he could bring. Did he his... just go offline? Are you there, no, John? Maybe he no, could bring. Right maybe he could take the class at the same time. Bring his tiger down for the class, which you could also try and crash. Oh, I won't. I won't put it in the class. Don't worry. No, he he will take it in the class. Oh. He wants to take the class. See, I don't I'm know. Saying... See, I've been sit, I've been sitting here thinking about that. Like, the tiger. <laughs> the tiger is actually easier for me to ride than the KLR. Um, the KLR is not an option at Jocelyn's. No, We've already sorry. established that. Come on, not Jocelyn. Seriously. No, you need to ride Being the tiger. Serious. <laughs> But oh I'm just gosh. saying, maybe. Man, you are a hater. You got some prejudice issues. <laughs> <going on. laughs> um, maybe we can coordinate if you have room. That John, if you if you're ready to do it, John, are you ready? John, John why would you want to ride the the KLR? Because you're more comfortable on it. No, well, what? I'm actually more comfortable on the Triumph. All right. So the KLR is actually a little more dirt worthy. Um, and if I'm re- actually going to go do any like desert stuff or any hardcore stuff, I wouldn't take the Triumph. I take the KLR. Oh. Is it just because the Triumph has like a bigger wheel and knobbies? It's a little lower to the ground than the KLR is. I'd be interested if the KLR is is more crash resistant than the Triumph. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. I would say crash resistance is good, but otherwise it all translates to no matter what bike you're riding. I would say take the big bike to Jocelyn's class because you're not going to have a safer environment ever to ride it. Right. Or KLR just pretty sell much it. weighs the same. Yeah, but it, but <laughs> I don't know. I would I would well take whatever you want. Can I also no, say I, don't piss her off? It's no, in your I best interest not to piss her p- off. I don't get pissed off. No, the only no, reason but I would I'll do send that you over sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to make sure that I get the most out of the class, and I think I think possibly I might get the most out of the class on the KLR. No, well, the the class is truly about confidence building and so i want the bike that you would be the least confidence and the least comfortable with off that would be the klr <laughs> so it sounds like he'll bring the klr for him and the uh triumph for her all right so be a lot she's of gonna first. need to borrow a bike we can make it up we can yeah. oh there might be something there we can work that out mm. all right well um i have another question for you all right uh, so in in your expanding your your horizons and learning more. Are you also learning how to wrench? No, not yet. Okay. Because um, that's something that we do here at the garage. We encourage yeah. all types of riding, but also wrenching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to take a moment to uh, talk about something I think it is very important. I'm calling it performance maintenance. Right. All right. I know a lot of people talk about things they can do to improve the performance of their bike. They want to squeak out a little more horsepower. Right. Put new pipes on, put on if it's hardly a Screaming Eagle kit, or like, everyone's always trying to do that. But we've been talking about, there are regular maintenance things that are often overlooked and not done enough. Yes. That actually increase performance, increase horsepower. Right. Emma, you want to talk about some of these things? I mean, the easiest thing to do is... If, if we, you focus on the engine of a bike, you're only getting half the picture. The last thing most Japanese, certain sport bikes need right now is more power. So we don't need to focus there. We need to focus on putting actually putting the power to the ground. And I promised I wouldn't talk about tires, but I'm going to talk about tires because okay. they are so overlooked. The number one maintenance thing you can do and i'm lumping it into performance maintenance because it will change the way your bike handles buy yourself a tire gauge 
and check your tires. Mm -hmm. And get into the habit of checking your tires. When should you check your tires? Well, every time you fill up with fuel isn't a bad bet. Back when I used to drive heavy buses, I'd check the tires before every trip. It's part of your pre-trip inspection. Any commercial driver has to do that. But back then, we didn't use a gauge. You know, we'd use a baseball bat. Um, but check your tires very regularly. Where can you find tire pressure information, anybody? On the swing arm. Right. There is no tire pressure information on the sidewall of a tire. All that they will give you is the maximum inflation at the maximum weight. All the tire information you need is printed either on the swing arm or the frame of your bike. Or in your service manual. Right. Learn it. Know what it is. If you've got a sport bike, there's a damn good chance it's going to be 3642, which I suspect is what GS is calling for as well. But, you know, most radial tires have defaulted to 36 in the front, 42 in the back. That's number one. Um, if your bike's got a chain, adjust and lubricating the chain. Easy way of putting more horsepower to the road. A chain is the most wow. efficient way of transferring power from the crank to the wheel. Shaft drives, as convenient as they are, there is quite a power drop. Chain is the most efficient. But the trouble is, if you don't maintain your chain, if your chain's sloppy, if it's rusty, if it's got tight links, it's not efficient. You clean your chain. The easiest way to clean a chain, use um, inert liquid. I like WD-40. Just squirt it into a rag and clean all the crap off the chain as much as you can, just with a rag. You don't want to use something like brake cleaner or carb cleaner because it will rot the O-rings. So use something inert and clean the chain, let it dry, lubricate it, and then finally adjust it. Why do you adjust it at the very end? Uh, so that it doesn't have any kinks in it. Exactly. <coughs> the cleaning, the lubricating, hopefully all the tight spots and the kinks, so you get a true adjustment at the end. And what, um, like foot pounds or horsepower do you think somebody may lose on a poorly adjusted or or um 10 percent there you go oh easy spinning weight for sure right? yeah, yeah absolutely 10 percent. 10 percent yeah wow it's a big deal it, it's a huge deal yeah just by the the drag uh and throw yeah. in under inflated tires yep now something thankfully we don't have to deal with a great deal here in california but certainly where um, places where you have four seasons, mm -hmm. keep an eye on your brakes. There's a lot of moving parts in the brakes, and the front calipers are kind of front and center. So any road salt, any um, moisture is really going to be driven into those calipers. If, you've, if your brakes are dragging, mm -hmm. care to take how much power you're going to lose? There's another 10%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, easy. Well, you also get just a lot of brake dust in general and just right. crap on all those on the pistons and just right. taking it off and cleaning them with a brush or whatever. Exactly. Just cleaning everything, making sure everything's moving as it should. Um, I know a lot of people are very, very reticent about getting involved with the brakes on their bike. Um, but knowing the system and knowing how it works and knowing sufficiently to be able to get the front or the rear wheel off your bike and spin it and recognize mm -hmm. if it's binding. Yeah. And knowing that's a problem, that's really going to help you. 
Well, and on the the flip side, yes, um, brake fluid. Yes, yep. this is something that I think I'm becoming more and more of a proponent of. Um, and you know what? I have to do it. To You've the, come uh, a long the, way, Liza. To the KTM 990 because it's on the, oh, this is coming up next. Right. Um, flushing out the brake fluid. Now, why should we do this? And I'll tell you why. Brake fluid is hygroscopic. We've mm-hmm. talked about this many, many times before. There's moisture in the air, particularly on the coast where we are here. There's high proportion of moisture in the air. Brake fluid actually pulls it out of the air and mm-hmm. stores it inside itself that is why whenever you look at the master cylinder of an older bike you see all this white crust on there and it's all the moisture that's being held in the old brake fluid how can we tell if brake fluid's fresh well it should be either clear or nice pp color and not like you've got an std pp color but just like nice clear or slightly yellow color when it begins to look like beef soup you get that shit out of there. So on a bike like my 990, um, yes. Jocelyn, did you ever flush the brake fluid in it? Yes. You did? Because oh. she's probably smart. N- yeah. Probably not right before I gave it to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's been years since it's been done. How much of my braking may I have, that may somebody lose on five years of brake fluid, which they feel like they're working fine, but they uh, lose efficiency so slow you don't recognize. massive amount so how much am i breaking absolutely I massive amount oh yeah 30 percent easily 30 percent yeah. of my breaking power that um, can make a difference mm. whether you hit the car or don't exactly and, oh, more than yeah. that yeah absolutely. somebody who has overheated brake systems on a racetrack it is very not fun to be coming up into a hairpin and then squeeze a lever and have nothing Right. Well, yep. we're not even talking about nothing, <laughs> yeah. but you may not realize you're at 70%. And, and the, I think a lot of people riding don't realize And that. the problem is mm-hmm. with motorcycle maintenance. Motorcycles are maintenance-heavy vehicles. Um, if you design a Toyota Camry, part of the design of that car is that you're going to sell it to some bonehead who isn't going to do anything to it mm-hmm. for 20,000 miles. And they kind of build in this stupid proof. Motorcycles are very, very motor maintenance heavy there's a lot of performance in a very very small package so you need to know what needs to be done even if you're not doing it yourself and i'm not suggesting for a moment that everybody should work on their bikes themselves but at least if nothing else be familiar about what needs doing when because it needs it Yes, Jim. I, have a, I have a question on that topic, and I, maybe it's the answer is obvious, but I would imagine to a certain extent, or maybe there's more to it, that the way you ride will also oh, absolutely, uh, right? Your the harder you brake, or yes. like fork wheels, that's similar. If you're riding motocross versus yes. trail riding, right? Yes, so yes, that, yes, yes. that'll be a big difference. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Doodle, you want to know another thing that yes. will improve horsepower on your bike? Yes, tell me, Emma. How about oil changes? Oil changes. Oil changes are an amazing thing because what sends your oil black? Parts of your engine. Mm -hmm. The oil molecules are actually being smashed together and broken down. It's actually breaking down the lubricating quality of the oil. Throw in on top of that the actual, there's microscopic metal particles in it. I'm not talking about the fur that gets caught on the magnet part of your drain plug. We've all seen that. But, I mean, the actual oil itself, the grayness in the oil, is microscopic metal particles. And they're all... 
And that's friction. All friction. You change the oil and use a very, very good quality oil. Use the best quality oil you can afford. Mm -hmm. I do a range of oil at my place. My entry-level oil's like 10 bucks a quart. and I, It's good oil. I mean, I, I do not sell cheap oil. But it's like, that's where you start. If you want the Motul 300V, it's going to cost you 20 bucks a quart. But it doesn't take that much. Yeah. So put the good stuff in it. And the sheer characteristics of that oil are so good. Um, I can tell volumes about well, what's going on inside an engine just by the color of the oil that's coming out. good oil is cheaper than a power commander. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, wait, Jocelyn, you got one you want to add? Well, I think after the riding we did this weekend, we're going to be doing the air filter. Yes, absolutely. Ooh. A dusty yeah. environment. for sure. Good one. Big time overlooked. I mean, if we get down to basics, an engine is basically an air pump. It sucks in air. It mixes it with something volatile. Combustion happens and it chucks it out the exhaust. So it's vital that you keep the breathing clear. Look at that air filter. Where is your air filter? It's either under the seat or under one of the side panels. You may have a paper air filter or, you know, increasingly, certainly on Hondas, you've got a foam air filter. It's the easiest thing in the world. You just get a bit of Dawn. You don't need to overthink this. You get a bit of Dawn, squirt the Dawn into the air filter. But run what it. do you do with Tony Orlando? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, run it under a warm faucet, just, you know, get all the ick out of it, wring it out, leave it outside to dry, get it nice and dry, squirt a bit of air filter oil in, put it back in. Or if you haven't got air filter oil, just normal engine oil. And, um, to help trap the dirt. This is only for, for foam filters. Yeah, not for paper. No, yeah, paper. Paper filters, yeah. when they get plugged, you know, sometimes you can kick the can down the road just by whacking it like you'd whack yeah. out a rug. Yeah. And you can see all this dust fall out. But most times these days, and um, bikes are built with this reciprocating engine breathing system in them in that the engine breather goes into the airbox. So the airbox is always full of sort of oily air. Yeah. So instead of getting dusty air filter, now you've got dusty oily air filter, yeah. which sticks to the fabric. You know, a good trick for those paper ones. <clears throat> um, you know, Emma's always leaving her purse around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I just go in there when she's not I'm not looking, and I grab her hairbrush, and you can use that on the paper ones. Just brush it. Out. It just gives you, good, yeah, <laughs> that's right. She does. Yeah. I got, I got another one. Charlie yes. mentioned this, and I think Jocelyn is somebody who's ridden race bikes and adventure bikes and everything in between. I think you'll agree this is very important. Suspension, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and how often do should people be uh, changing the fluid and the suspension and the forks? Well, unfortunately, is that, is that something that degradates? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very much so, and especially on um, stock bikes. See, all bikes are made to a price, even mighty GS 1250s. Mm -hmm. They're made down to a price. They have to be. Can't, nobody buys money, no object, unless you're Keanu Reeves. So where are you going to cut costs? You really don't want to cut costs on fit and finish, because if it rains and your bike goes red rusty... That's not very good. You're certainly not going to cut corners on performance because who wants a slow bike, right? Brakes? Really? No. So what's left suspension? Seats. 
Good lord, you're <laughs> well, I know. But and suspension. Seats and all, footpegs. Virtually all bikes leave the factory with upgrades mm-hmm. necessary to mm-hmm. the suspension. Now, um, Doodle was mentioning a Triumph Thruxton. And Triumph Thruxton do this marvellous thing called Triumph Thruxton R, which they tout as saying, oh, it comes with Olin suspension. And it does, but it ain't quite Olin's. Mm. It's made by Olin's, but it's made to a very, very dumbed-down specification to a Triumph price point. So, yes, it's got Olin's, but it's still Olin's built down to a price. Mm -hmm. So, every bike on the road can certainly use suspension upgrade. My, uh, four coil is quite interesting stuff. Have you ever wondered why it smells so bad when it comes out? Fish. Oh, what? What does it come from? The glands of a beaver? There's it a is actually no. It. It's it's still based on fish oil. Ah. Yep. Oh, really? Still to this day? Still to this day, oh, the wow. best four coil is best on is is uh, on Captain fish oil, Ahab's. and it's all about lubrication. Yeah. It's all about overcoming <clears throat> stiction within forks, right, right, which right. is the enemy of suspension. Yeah. And the, I mean, well. there's very, very good synthetic four coils now, but the traditional four yeah. coil, which is still you get it everywhere, and a lot of people still like using the traditional stuff, me included. It's got fish oil, but boy, does it stink when it comes out. And Emma and I did learn yesterday that um, red food coloring used to come from the anal glands of a beaver. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> did oh. you know lobsters pee out their eyes? Oh yeah, and, and when they're mating, they but go. You would know. Yeah, the the, the male lobsters go Ew. to the female lobsters, and they, they pee all over them. And oh my! Fun fact, that is called a golden shower. Darling. Oh it's quite popular in other parts eyes. of the world. <laughs> the things I learn on podcasts. Um, <laughs> and I, I wanted to add. We talked about chain maintenance. Yes, there's other drives, and I want to remind people: if you have a drive shaft, right, changing the oil in. I think that's something that people oh, don't do enough. Absolutely. Well. Yep. Again, uh, less friction, yep. so more power to the wheel. And if you have a belt, is that's probably the least. It's. I mean, it's the least maintenance. But if it's too tight, right. it can be causing unnecessary yeah. friction. And you know, I gotta tell you, Harley like having their belts done up tight. I was taught many, many years ago that okay. a belt drive motorcycle, if you take the longest run of the belt, if you can turn it through about ninety degrees, that's about the right tension. Oh wow. But Harley like them a lot tighter than that. And if you actually spin the wheel of a large Harley, you can see there's quite a bit of friction through the belt. But it obviously works well. Um, but, yeah, generally, they're, you know, they're the least problems. But still, you want to make sure that the belt's clean and clear. You want to make sure the pulleys are clear. Because if you get any debris in them, it's going to cause friction as it goes around. You're going to well, lose power. If the belt's too tight, it's going to hinder your suspension performance, too. Yeah. All those things. I have oh, a, a yeah. question because I see you getting emails ready. Hey, what? we talked about this earlier. What about uh, cable maintenance for clutch? Clutch and brake cable. Uh, and yeah. then also clutch Good free one. play. We were talking about that. Oh, yeah. Clutch free play. You know, there's this tiny, tiny little bit of nothing at your clutch lever that you've got to have. Because if you don't, and you give it the beans, the revs go soaring. 
I think, know anything I think about this? Do you do? Doodle, doodle knows something about this. Tell me that again. Uh, your clutch when it's not properly adjusted. Oh yes, how it can greatly <laughs> affect your power. <laughs> I forgot about that. Hey, that was a long time ago. Yep. Uh, tell us about that. There's a video of you <laughs> on the freeway trying to get up to speed, and you're you're giving it the beans, and the <laughs> yeah. engine is revving, but you're not gaining speed. Oh. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. a clutch slipping problem, yes. and you really skirted the bullet on that because you could so easily have burnt out your clutch. Mm. But even now, I see so many kids coming down the shop and the clutch is just so over adjusted and I'm not sure how it gets that way in a lot of cases I think very very beginning riders adjust them that way so it's not quite so on off but you can burn out your clutch in no time and I always adjust it back give them that little well, because well, people don't want their lever to like wobble or whatever, so they adjust it to work. But you gotta out have the wobble. You gotta have free play. Mm-hmm. Gotta have that little bit of free play. Yeah, because that's where the beans are. <laughs> so I'm curious if now that you've taken her class, mm-hmm. if there's the potential maybe to continue practicing and to maybe one day try out for the GS trophy. Oof. I don't know. The GS Trophy, that sounds intense. Sounds like and, a yes. Uh, personally, I'm like the least competitive person with other people. Like the idea of beating out, winning other people, I almost I almost feel like feel bad to do that. It's I know that sounds weird. I've just been like an anti-competitive person. But I always want to improve myself. So... You just have to show Definitely. that yourself is better than everybody else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely improving. I can say that for, for sure. As far as going for a trophy, I don't well, know Well, do you that. at least now have more confidence and think that you might could do it, especially meeting Jocelyn? I mean, you Friggin' rode in a sand pit today. I guess I did. I guess I did. (laughs) He rode blindfolded. (laughs) I mean, if I had Jocelyn Snow as my coach, like on a at least weekly basis, absolutely, I think I could get the go for that trophy. Well, and that's something. uh, I mean, Jocelyn said she trained. Yeah, Yeah. all the people who Mm -hmm. qualify, they train, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to be. Um, you know, a professional rider. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do it. I mean, and Jocelyn has shown so many people that. In fact, Jocelyn, I want to get the GS Trophy update. Yeah, you want the skinny? It just yeah. came out. <laughs> well, <clears throat> so those of you that know, don't know, the, the GS Trophy is like the Olympics of motorcycles. And it happens every other year mm-hmm. in some random country out in the middle of nowhere, usually. Uh, each participating country runs a qualifier on the opposite year. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> usually there's a team of three men from each country. And then just over the last few trophies, they've had allowed women into it. And uh, there's been a couple of international women's teams. So this year, uh, 2021 is the qualifier. And... Next year will be the GS Trophy, and they're going to be having it in Albania. Ooh. So, yeah, that's super exciting, which is what I, I did do some checking. It's only about an 11 and a half hour ride to Croatia. So if I get over <laughs> there, I'll make sure to go check out Croatia. But anyway, I, I did. I had the uh, opportunity to be able to go to the East Coast Qualifier 
as well as the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So at the uh, BMW Performance Center in Greer, South Carolina, we had um, North Carolina. We had the um, East Coast qualifier, and then at Rawhide mm-hmm. Adventures in Castaic, we had the West Coast because we have a big old country, so we have two. <laughs> Um, and there was a few days, a couple of days of eliminations. And then on the final day, a course is set up that is very uh, identical from the East Coast to the West Coast so that they can be scored uh, correctly. And then just a couple of days ago, they announced uh, the three top men, um, you know, taking the two qualifiers together. So these three guys will be going uh, off to Albania. And we had uh, Jim DePlease. Yep. Um, very talented. Corey Call, that guy like stole the show. And Ben, I think his last name is pronounced Falp, P H A U P, with Ben. Yeah. My, my only comment with those three, uh, I think Corey needs to grow a beard. Are you sure, are you <laughs> yeah. sure it's not Andre Laplante? Uh, for Team USA? No. No, it's uh, Ben Falp, I'm pretty sure. Unless somebody couldn't make it and that they was replaced That was USA West winners. Okay, so. The, this was USA West, and then yeah. there's the men's team USA. So you, you ah, had the USA West. Got it, got right? it. So they had three men from the East, three men from the West. Got it. And they took all the guys together, and they took the top three. So those three okay. guys that I mentioned, they'll be going to Albania. So congratulations. Yes. yes. It doesn't stop there. Yeah. No. So then the ladies. Yes. Now, in the past, they have had two, as many as two women's teams. Right, so the first year women were allowed was uh, the trophy in 2016, which I believe was like Thailand, right? Mm -hmm. And that year, women didn't necessarily compete uh, the same way to get on the team as uh, the men did. They had to do like a video and Mm -hmm. post it online and see who was more popular, whatever, I don't know. Um, So I had heard about that, and I just bought my adventure bike. Remember, I had that thing barely for a few months, not even... And we're still trying to figure it out, the GSA. And then uh, somebody told me, well, you need to go try out for this GS trophy. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And, and they said, you know, it's it's pretty awesome, but women were just allowed last year. Now all of a sudden they wow. got my attention. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, what? And uh, yeah, but this year, so mm-hmm, this was mm-hmm. 2017 was the qualifier. This year they said um, women are going to, compete head-to-head against the men everything the same mm. so i was all in i'm like bring it on this sounds cool and that's when i started training i had two months to uh t- before the qualifier to figure it out so that was every single night after work yeah. every single weekend and made it to um mongolia which was amazing it was the most amazing experience in my life and doodle you mentioned competition but i gotta say you know we get to mongolia and here's all these riders from all over the world. And when everybody arrived, we're all having so much fun. And it was like the competition's out the window almost. It's it's the camaraderie and, and you know learning each other's cultures. And everybody has the same passion for riding as you do. And we're all here to just have a good time and explore this neat country, you know. And that really is what it's all about. And, and BMW advertises that as like the spirit of GS, you know. So, but what they're doing, which is completely new this year... <coughs> is uh, the, the way we did it is we had um, the top two women from the country. We got to go to a women's qualifier. So when I went, we went down to South Africa and we competed with all these women from all over the world. The last trophy, which was in New Zealand, they had all the women went down to Spain and they competed to get onto the team. 
Um, and you can only do this once in your life. Once you make a team, you never get to do it again. And I was fortunate enough to be able to go again in New Zealand as a host. Mm-hmm. So, you did a great job. You and Sean I was are so, so fun together. I was so shy. <laughs> but hopefully we'll be able to uh, go but to But you're Albania. a great cheerleader too. That's the most important thing mm-hmm. to me. I mean, it's really about encouraging others. I, and I yeah. got to be honest, I really enjoy being on the other side, mm-hmm. you know, of the fence, if you will, and encouraging, uh, you know, and cheering on the riders and competitors as opposed to being one myself, you know. So, although I do like to, be, you know, I have competition in me for that. It, it's just so much more fun watching everybody. So, this year what the what Motorad is doing is they're taking the top two finishing ladies from mm-hmm. each participating country will combine their scores. When all of the countries are done with their qualifier this year, they will look at all the ladies' scores. Mm. And then they will take the top six teams, six ladies. Okay. So to we make had two teams of six. Two correct. teams of three, okay. Well, no, no, to make teams of two. Oh. Because this year they're going to oh. run a women's trophy and a men's trophy, all doing the same stuff, oh. but the women will be competing against the women and the guys will be competing against the guys, which will be really. Really interesting yeah. and really fun to see. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Gala Van Ship made it. She's mm-hmm. a sweetheart. She's been trying now for last couple of qualifiers. It was really great to see her um, make it as a top finisher. And Candy Spangler. Yeah. She also came down to the, the ranch and, and trained with me for a mm-hmm. while. And, I mean, she's an, she's an amazing rider. She's she's a five foot one, five foot two, or something like yeah. that as well. She's short, um, really skilled, and, and she, she cleaned house down there in Castaic. So, hopefully, our two U.S. ladies will have a score combined that will uh, put them on a team, and I'll be able to see them in Albania. That'll be really cool. And best place for people to keep up with this? <laughs> you know, uh, there's a, the, the BMW Motorrad site itself, mm-hmm. um, the website. Of, there's a various GS Trophy yeah. sites as well. Um, Facebook, if you just get on there. Yeah, GS Trophy groups. Trophy, everything, mm-hmm. yeah. And when I, I remember when I went, there wasn't a lot of stuff online, but it's getting to be more and more popular. And so you can find pretty much, you know, anything you want. Facebook is a big one for sure. Um, Bagel, have you thought of starting the Vespa Trophy? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. That is very tempting. I know, and, and right? I, I, I really would like to see a lot more Vespa cross in, in the U.S. There, I it, it bet really, you would. Yeah, it hasn't, hasn't really taken a hold over here yet, but <laughs> I, I think there's potential. So, um, Jocelyn, would you let him come down with his Vespa to practice on your track? Only if I get to ride one. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. There it is. Hey, I got a quick question before nice. we move on. When people are qualifying, what's the one thing that people have most trouble with? Like what gets the most people in the qualifying events? Because they're all so wild. And then is there something that you are like, what, what's the hardest thing for you now when you kind of do some of those those drills? Yeah, so when they're qualifying, um, Let's let's say let's talk about like the course that they set up um, that was equal for the East Coast and the West Coast. Um, it consists of a parallel log of some sort, and basically, uh, well, let's back up. First of all, you're riding a bike you've never ridden, so while you're doing the elimination, you're riding your BMW. Uh, I believe it's like a 650 or or higher CC, and if you make the cut to the final day, then you're riding a bike you've never ridden before. Someone else's, you know, it's the BMWs. Motor ads, twelve fifty, and this bike is parked, you know, directly in front of a parallel log, like you did today, Doodle. Right? Mm-hmm. You, she nailed it too. And you slam your helmet and gloves on, and you run over to this bike, 
and you jump on this bike and start it, and exactly two feet in front of the front tire begins the parallel log. No time to ride the bike around, get used to it. How does the clutch feel? What kind of clutch play do you have or don't right. have? You know, what's the throttle like? You know, the motor like? No idea. I um, mean, and even if you have the same exact bike, it's you know what it is. You get on someone else's bike, it feels a little different. So. Um, without giving it away, because there's still some countries out there that are, you know, going to be having their qualifier. You know, there is the difficult parts are the full lock, full lock. So it's a full lock, and I won't say exactly what the exercises are, but I can tell you the bike is in complete 100% full lock and immediately turned left lock, right lock, left lock, and you need to ride the bike. So that involves counterbalancing, which Doodle learned today. Her barely soaking wet with all her gear on, 109 pounds, to counterbalance that 550 pound bike, you are you know hanging out to another neighborhood, right on and the opposite side. For people who don't understand what you're saying, full lock refers to as far as you can turn the handlebars before that stop hits. Yes. Okay, and then which is not a big deal, I would say, on a dirt bike. You know, you can do that, but when you get into the big. Yes, the big five hundred uh-huh. pound adventure bikes. That's it's it's, it's scary when you it's run scary. out of yeah. turning power. That yeah. was the thing that stopped me from doing the um, the roller coaster, right? Oh yeah, on that, roll, first that first turn. Oh, full it's, lock it turn. is a full lock. There is yeah. a I, zero oh, tolerance. If I could have yeah. done yeah. that, I think I could have done the whole thing. But well, nope. you need to come back. You need to come I back. Just, you know, get get second motion. I tried the roller coaster. <gasps> I killed the roller coaster. <laughs> killed it like you did. You did it. No, no, no she boards just, like, flew off. Yeah. Oh, repairs, <laughs> yeah, repairs, I, I destroyed do, it. Do you remember seeing all those metal rails? <laughs> those, those replaced all the wood rails that we had. We did some upgrades after yeah, Liza no. came by. Those rails are like the sketchiest part of it because they are like flying yeah. off while you're trying to do. This thing. <laughs> no, I, but I know. tried, but no, I yeah. didn't. it's all metal now. It's like, like yeah. a little bit better, but. But uh, yeah, <laughs> anyway, and, and so I think a lot of times that full lock, because you can't, it's not about just full lock uh, on the motorcycle itself. You're making an extremely tight turn, so you need to also push the bike down. So for instance, if we're making a left turn, we're full lock left. We're now pushing the bike down left, low to the left ground. All of our weight is going on the outside peg, which is our right. And I mean all of our weight, everything we have. Um, to get that bike to turn around in a type spot. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Um, and, of course, it's about where you look. It's almost like road racing, Charlie, where you you start your corner and you're looking over your shoulder all the way behind you in order to get that bike to spin around. And a lot of times when you're at these events, imagine people following you around with a camera. Oh, oh, dab, 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 you know, screaming. And people are, you know, the, the officials are rolling around and they're down on the ground and they're, you know, touching your tire while you're riding. And, and you're trying to ignore all that and look for your target. It's so easy for your eyes to wander. There's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. As soon as you open your eyes and you look away from your target. Your bars open up, right, Doodle? Well, you know, we <laughs> here can all understand that because remember, we do the mini bike yes. challenge. Oh, yeah. It's you exactly the here. same thing. I'm screaming, dab, dab. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same. Thing. <laughs> um, I think we have time for a few emails. Bagel, did you get the one I sent you? I did. Um, let me, I'll read one and then we'll get to you and then I save okay. the best for last. <laughs> uh, this one is from <laughs> Chaotic Reality, also known as Aaron. 
says, where, hey, Misfits. Where's Aaron from? Does not say okay. just yet. Says, first, I have to say, I absolutely love your podcast. Your perspectives, attitudes, and enthusiasm are encouraging. Oh, I like this one already. Miss Emma, yeah. you're awesome. And you too, Liza. That's me. Oh, it gets Ooh. better. And Call that up. naked dude, Mike, and Bagel and also <laughs> get creds. He's, he's got everyone covered. Second, I have a really old shit 1950s-ish Honda Dream. It's rusted to pieces. No way it can be restored. Ooh. It might make a part spike, but what should I do with it? No one around here seems to have any. I'm going to throw it on Facebook Marketplace, but I have no clue what to ask money-wise. Start at 100? Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know... I the, mean, if you don't want it, get it to somebody who can use it. That's Yeah, the reality is yeah. dreams don't fetch massive money. Uh, third, you've got to have Arlette back on the show. She had some amazing stories to tell. It sounds like an absolutely fantastic person. The Chickasan trip sounded like a super blast. As a dude, I would have loved to be on that trip. Fourth, I'm really interested in this Pakistan trip for the rest of us. That's so Stumpistan. I do the women's trip, and next year, uh, Stumpy John is going to be leading um, a co-ed trip. So Called anyone can go on that. Stumpistan. 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 <laughs> That's a working title. Um, I'd like to understand what the cost would be and total time away. I work full time and have a good amount of vacation time, but not like those friends across the sea. Uh, we're still working on the price. Um, I'm as guesstimating right now, uh, John, about 3700 because we are adding a track day into it in Pakistan. Ooh, is it dirt or, a st- uh, or- All of the above. It's, a- it's everything. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's all the above. If, right. if I didn't tell you, Jocelyn Moyne is bringing motorsports to Pakistan. And he has built a paved track and a dirt track next to each other. Wow. He's like got go-karts. Track. He's got uh, Honda cars. He's got race bikes. He's got uh, dirt bikes. And he's got a rally truck ri- uh, course there, too. Oh, man. And a rally truck. <laughs> I, I bet so he'll even let you we r- are going. The they just had a drifting competition there. Own, own he's building. <laughs> he's bringing motorsports pack. They're doing everything. Wow, that's awesome. So we're adding time in there. So I think about 3700 Um And I would say, even though the trip is only going to be like two weeks, take three weeks off because you got to have travel time and recovery time. Yeah, it'll be it, three extra days to go to uh, to his place. Yeah. Uh, most recent trip uh, he took was to the Overland Expo East, bit of an amateur adventure rider. Um, but he got to take Bill Dragon's dart course. It was epic. Riding home with a shift lever was a bit more difficult, but well worth the trouble. <laughs> uh, do you know what that means, Jocelyn? Riding home with a shift lever. I'm asking, did maybe Bill Dragon's dart course? D A R T. Bill Dragoose. Oh, ju- yeah. oh, oh, Dragoose. Bill Dragoose. Yep. I think yep. Spellcheck jumped in here. Correct. Yep. That's I've I've actually um, worked with him some of his classes um, oh. or with the uh, some of the shows that we did, and um, he's a, he's amazing. He's got such a great class. Very very thorough. Nice. Great instructor. He says, wish I could get to the West Coast. Would have an absolute blast hanging out with y'all. Yes, yes, you would. But tuning in from Northeast Tennessee in the Appalachian Mountains area of Johnson City. If we get to do our cross-country trip on the TAT, I will make it a point to stop in. Emma, you're probably going to have to repair a whole bunch of shit on my buddy's KLR. My V-Strom <laughs> will make it all the way. <laughs> you might need the whole team between the two of us. Uh, P.S., Tell the bagler you've got to enjoy wheeling everything you own. A little body work's just going to make a little improvement and story, especially to a scooter. Are you listening about that bagler? He says he's yes, pretty sure yes. I can wheelie my John Deere if I try. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Where there's a will, there's a way. Thank you. Uh, bagel, you got one there? 
I do. Uh, this is from Jordan Hrinshek. Hey, Jordan. Uh, hey, Jordan. Jordan writes, Hello, love the podcast. My name is Jordan from Buffalo, New York. Basically Canada, eh? Yeah, there it goes. Fantastic. I like this one I, as well. <laughs> I drive a 500 GS, and my dad is looking to get his first bike. <clears throat> it's he a wants GS500. GS500, sorry. And my dad is looking to get his first bike. He wants to cruise fucking hard (laughs) (laughs) on a Harley Sportster for his first bike. Okay. I I told his ass to get a stretched boost and suck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Should should he cruise hard on a Sportster 1200 or 883 any year under 4K? Or should he splurge for a newer one? For more money, but less chrome. He wants the chrome because, again, he wants to cruise fucking hard right. and punch Karens at stoplights while revving out his 883 that's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> or does person? he get any other cruiser that 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 look that has great looks and great sound? Any suggestions? And next next questions: Do I sell my GS500? And do I get a Suzuki M109R Ooh, yes. or a Yamaha Raider? I like mm-hmm. muscle cruisers. Or do I stick with a sport bike and get a super sport for a yes. daily rider? I like super sports, but don't know how comfy my big ass would be on a super sport every day. Fuck Harleys, right? Love you guys. Um, wait, he didn't specify how big his ass was. Nah. Um, well... It seems like it is of a certain size. Is it I tell you what, I, I like those M109s, and they are quick. Oh, my God. Yeah, so tell your dad to get a Sportster 883, and you get the M109, so you can blast him out the right. streetlight. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I recently had um, an old, old 1200 Sportster down at the shop, and I think it was... Oh, I want to say it was like a 91 or a 92. It's just a carbureted sports. It was so easy to fix. And it ran like an absolute top when I'm done uh-huh. with it. Um, so, you know, the older sportsters, they're simple. There's a lot to be said for simplicity. So, tell your dad, get an older sportster, get a 1200, lots of chrome, and get you that 109. And tra-la-la. Tra-la-la. And I'll throw one more out there. Yeah. In the vein of English bikes tonight and the Triumphs, oh. that Triumph 1200 Scrambler oh. is, with the high pipes on it is a cool-looking bike. And a if you want, scrambler. A scrambler. And if you're a bigger hmm. person and you want something that'll like turn heads, aside from a Harley-Davidson, I think that Triumph, that big 1200 Scrambler is a cool-looking bike. <laughs> it's a very cool And in Tennessee, where, where is he from? Tennessee? Oh, no, yeah. this is the guy up in New York. Yeah. Buffalo, New York. Yeah, yeah, you can take it off-road and everything. So check out that one. <laughs> Yeah. What, what do the where do the scramblers run though? Oh, I don't know. They got credit. Seventy nine dollars a month. Yeah, it's fourteen fifty. <laughs> um, if he's talking about buying a new, he's talking about four grand. Sportster, right? No, no. But his dad, yes, he could. Well, yeah, he's talking he about get, used, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. But for, uh, for really, get, your dad should get whatever makes him happy. That's the reality. Yeah. Because if he can afford it, get whatever. It's dad. Yep. And, and, it, and do, was should, I was I under the impression he wants to impress the ladies at the stoplight? Yeah. Do you no, know he, he wants no, to he, punch yeah, wants, the Karens. Yeah, yeah he wants to punch guys. the Karens. <laughs> well, don't do that. Well, I would like. Uh, can I suggest then get <laughs> a DCT because then you have a free hand at the stoplight. Yeah, yeah. Or you yeah. could sip a latte. That's for punching better. the Karens. Sip a latte. <laughs> and right. I yes, I recommend saving plenty of money to. 
bail dad out of jail. It's <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that dad's, in the, snow, dad's in the who's go now, again. The reality is, a Karen. if you're going to be riding with your dad, it's always more fun to ride with somebody on the same kind of bike, a similar bike. Mm-hmm. It just matches the riding style. And so that's what I would recommend. Um, Emma, we have time for one more email. This is from Brooke McKillop. Hey, Brooke. And he says, hey, guys. I just got my motorcycle mechanic certification by doing some online classes and wrenching on an old mule of an 81 Virago. My mechanic's anxiety is really high because all of my experience is alone in my garage and this is my first big project. There's nothing wrong with being alone in your garage, Brooke. My waspy ass family doesn't appreciate my gear-related stuff, so it's great to have the podcast. Emma, I really appreciate how you give answers, but also an in-depth explaining the reasoning behind them and suggest different tests to confirm. Because when you're starting out, you have to double-check your work. And if you come to a conclusion, you know, it's like you're a detective. What are the clues? What's your bike doing? Tell me everything, even if it seems unrelated. So you gather the clues, you come to a conclusion, but then you do a couple of tests to confirm that. Because in particular, you might be dealing with some expensive components and you don't want to misdiagnose it. Anyways, he said, I bought the bike for $300. It cranks, but it won't start. I've replaced the idler gear, starter, stator, battery, all fuses and plugs. Carbs are all set, cleaned out the tank and replaced all the lines. I'm over trial and error, so I'm going to tear it all apart over the winter. I'm pulling into my living room today. Oh, that's a good place for it. This is my first project since getting certified, and I'm nervous about fucking it up. Um, A bike that my buddy built caught fire under him, and I don't want that to happen. Well, it's (laughs) It's happened to Emma. It's happened to a lot of people around here. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I I built my Trident, it tried to set my genitalia on fire. (laughs) It's flame-proof. It is (laughs) flame-proof. Yeah. So it happens more often than you think, darling, but it'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong, right? Any tips on rebuilding a Virago? I'm keeping it stock other than the bars. Um, I'm a dirt bike rider, and I prefer something with less arc than the stock Virago bars. Thanks, Brooke. Um, Actually, that's not a bad choice. Uh, Can I tell you that I love a Virago with drag bars? Yes. I love that look. Have you ever looked up Virago in the dictionary? No. I suggest you do right now. Okay. Uh, no, I put my phone away. So, um, while Jocelyn's looking up Virago in the dictionary, um, there's tons of them about. They were wildly popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you're rebuilding one, there's lots of parts out there. Um, and they've got weak CDI boxes. So, if you've got no spark, it's probably a CDI Oh, Jason. Uh, would you like? What, what'd you find? Okay, um, if you'd like to the read what a virago definition? is according to the Oxford English Dictionary, <clears throat> virago, a domineering, violent, or bad-tempered woman. There you go. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well named, I should say. Wow. Or, or if you prefer a, a more positive definition, a woman of great stature, strength, and courage. Yes. Oh, there's that. <laughs> All those things. You know, a lot of motorcycles have names that mean, you know, they're just names to us, but there's a great deal of thought behind them. 
Um, do you know what a Hayabusa is? Yeah. It's a bird. Hawk. It's Sorry, a bird hawk. that specifically mm. preys on blackbirds. Yes. And the Hayabusa <laughs> was Suzuki's answer to the Honda Blackbird yeah. during the right. horsepower oh, wars. And Suzuki chose that name very, very carefully because they wanted to show that that's this bike was a blackbird killer. Mm. That's interesting. That's and and uh, hey, Jocelyn, while you're in there, can you look up KLR? See what the oh, God. <laughs> Cockroach. <laughs> My phone just crashed. So there is a little quirk with Viragos, especially the early ones like the 81. When you strip down the carburetors, the jet design for the idle and main circuit is exactly the same. And so it is very easy to mix up your idle and your main jet because they look exactly the same. And the only way you can tell them apart, because invariably they're not stamped. Um, Cahin didn't always stamp the jets. Is you hold them up to the light and the main jet's got a big hole and the idle jet's got a little hole. (laughs) <laughs> and you need to make sure, okay, the main jet lives underneath the needle and the idle jet lives in front of it. So you need to know jet sizes and where they go. So as long as you don't get your holes mixed up, which is an extremely good analogy for life in general, um, you'll be all right, mate. Enjoy your Virago. Um, Very important. And when it comes to the bars, I like drag bars or T-bars. I, I think those look great on those bikes. I'm, You know, I'm a great fan of... Good old-fashioned Z1 bars. I call them armchair mm-hmm. bars because, mm-hmm. you know, it puts you in the sort of classic sitting in an armchair position. You know, they're just... No, they no, uh, no. So, um, Z1 bars are flat. They go up at about four inches and then just go flat, like flat track bars. Oh, yeah. My absolute favorite riding position. You put position. them on all your bikes. Like the yeah. Old, like the old Triumphs, like you're going across country. Yeah, flat track bars. They end up on all of my bikes. I think we all end up with those on our bikes, don't we? Yeah. Those big wide handlebars. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Doodle. Yes. You made it. I made it. You made it through the podcast. You, you made it no without idea. embarrassing you yourself no or anybody else. Yourself Are we sure about that? <laughs> what do you think? I made it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you coming back? You want to come back? Yeah, you want to come back? I'll be allowed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know I'm going to ask it. you a question. Okay. You're oh, going to need question. the answer. So, oh, Right now? No. no next I, I need to know what your up the butt bike will be. And, oh. well, I thought, did you have a fried artichoke? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so, and what about you, Steve? I mean, you kind of, um, today w- was pitched, I mean, this was kind of Jocelyn and Doodle's show, but you've sat through it. I'd like to find out a little more about Steve. Well, Emma, I'd love to hear more about Steve, but we're already over two hours. Well, and that's why I'm saying perhaps at some stage in the future you can come back and tell us your story. Why not? Why not? Well, exactly. We need to know what your up the butt bike is. Not Um, now. uh, Wait, no. uh, I'll I'll be happy to tell you because I do have one. There you go. So, um, so you'll bring him back. Bring him back. Sure. Wait, but he hasn't answered. Oh, yeah. He's not. Oh, you want to hear it? You want to yeah. hear it? Oh, let's go uh, on. Right, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's hear it now. Into the mic. Into this the could mic. Be a Kenny back Roberts in the day thing. when I got into motorcycles, yeah, basically, yes. um, Bomoda built a. Oh, Bomoda. Yes. They built a yeah. bike with the 
GS750 motor in it. Yeah, that'd be the yeah. SB, SB2. SB2, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with that bike. Well, what, mm-hmm. What's not to like? It's the most gorgeous it thing. It is. It was a piece of artwork, rolling yeah. artwork is right. what, yeah. what I remember. And, and the, the designation right. for Bimotors, in case anyone doesn't mm-hmm. kn- know, they're, they're sequential. The models are sequential. The first yes. mainline Bimotor had, was a Kawasaki engine, so it yeah. was the KB1. Kawasaki based one. Mm-hmm. The second was a GS offering, which was SB2. Second one with a Suzuki, and then so on and so forth. And then there's been DB4s and whatever. And but the, God, those SB2s are lovely, aren't they? They're very swoopy. Yeah. It's like the Batmobile. I, I know a gentleman that owns one, and he's um, since retired and just now mm. talking about selling his motorcycle. <gasps> so I, I've already. We got my word in there before anybody else. So you yeah, might nice. actually, even though might, it's your up-the-butt bike. I might actually obtain Nice. Well, you better it's take your trousers globe. off and it's bend over. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Well done. Yeah, that is a yeah, great up-the-butt bike. Well, and um, I wanted to check in with the other misfits because next week, you guys, it's Halloween. Spooky oh, yeah. Tweets. So, Bagel, John, are you guys going to be able to record, or are you going to be doing Halloween-y things? Yeah, I'll be no, around. I'm good. I'll be around. Okay. Because I was thinking of next week yes. doing another special episode of Tell Me Why Ooh. Halloween Ooh. version, <laughs> um, which is an opportunity for our listeners to send in their Tell Me Why questions. And so Tell Me Why is a new segment we've started where we ask Emma Tell me why, and you can what fill in the blank, anything. Why, tell Emma, don't answer the question. Tell me why there aren't more, there aren't diesel motorcycles. Right. But there's diesel cars out there. You know, it's tell me why, or it might be, you know, it's just it's because I and suck. We all have these <laughs> questions. And I want to make absolutely clear, I mean, it, it, really goes beyond just mechanical stuff. Yeah. I mean, we get into some pretty ex- existential or, stuff. I think yeah. the first time we talked about Tell Me Why, I mean, I got into it, the definition of how different people interpret love. So, I mean, it covers a lot of ground. Yeah, there's a lot um, there. Yeah. So, if you have a Tell Me Why question, send it in to RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. Tell me why in the headline. And um, we'll, we'll read it on Halloween. And as always, if you have any complaints about this or any other misfit show, you can address those complaints to Phil Uncle at Phil at ClevelandMoto.com. I wonder if he's really getting our hate mail. I bet he is. <laughs> I hope so. He knows all our secrets. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. And bonus points if you can make it Halloween related. I'm wondering if people have oh, yeah. had... Haunted motorcycles, oh. possessed maybe, and scooters. We always mm. have to include the scooters. Yes, definitely electrical yeah. gremlins. So thank you again for coming in, Jocelyn. Thank you for bringing them. Thank I you, Doodle. More thank next you. time. Thanks for having um, us. And, yeah, and thank you. You know, congratulations on your adventure of becoming the better biker. Thank you. The fact that you're taking as many classes as you have is something that I love. Uh, Charlie's fiance, Micah, has started, she's been with us since she was just on the back of the bike, to now she's a, an instructor. Wow. And has, she also loves to take classes and learn, and I think that that's something that people should be doing more in general. Just like mm-hmm. people should be doing more maintenance, and we told you why. Mm-hmm. It will increase 
performance. Right. But it's not for everyone. And that's the thing is with motorcycling. But the thing I enjoyed the most about Doodle Story, it's just something you thought you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Almost like running a marathon or, yeah. you know, swim. But motorbiking had other plans for you. Mm-hmm. And you kind of got into it, didn't you? It latched on to me, much to my mom's disappointment. But yeah, I haven't let go. <laughs> oh, my mom's, st- my mom's 93 and she's still disappointed oh. about my motorbike <laughs> choices. So. When are you going to stop riding those things, Emma? Would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys for coming. And again, if you want to check out her YouTube page or her Instagram, Doodle on a Motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can follow her along as she's learning more. Is there going to be a video from Jocelyn's Rage? Oh, 100%. Uh, yes. Good girl. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, I can't wait I to. Have That's going to be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The crashing montage. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. She, she nah, that's just a small part well. of it. <laughs> oh, nice. thank you. Well, and thank you for coming. And also thank you to all of our listeners for sending in your questions and for just being there, part of the group. Emma, we had some more uh, Ask Miss Emma Patreon levels join. Fantastic. So um, send your technical questions to me. To Phil at Cleveland. No. <laughs> um, uh, and for those people who uh, support us on Patreon at the Ask Miss Emma level, they've been given the super secret email right. to reach out to Emma personally who will answer their questions and i want to make it clear that isn't a one-shot deal i will stay with you Mm -hmm. until your bike is cured and sometimes i've been able to answer an email and somebody will say that got it it's great sometimes we've gone backwards and forwards 10 or 15 times yeah but we get there in the end yes and big thanks sometimes there are layers yes Big, big thanks again to our patreon subscribers everyone at all the levels um Jim, they're paying for our hotel in Vegas. I know. Woo! We're going to go to the woot, woot, woot. AIM Expo. Jocelyn, you going to be there? I'm not going to make the AIM, but boy, oh. I'll, I'll be there in spirit. I'll be looking you to know, hear always have see fun. what you do. Yeah. Noodles should come because they always have test rides. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 And Liza, Liza, in Vegas. Liza's got the gambling shine. Last time she won like 1800 bucks playing yeah, slots. Three thousand. Wow. And we, was, and and we had, had a $3, the best dollar dinner. meal. Yeah. I got a KTM nice. dirt bike playing craps. It was like what? I won like sixty eight hundred dollars playing crap. Wow! I started nice. with one hundred and twenty. She's oh my gosh. so cool. Yeah. And if you wow. want to buy it, it's for sale it's right be now. For sale next week. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, so thanks everyone. I think we're ready to get out of here. We're gonna do an outro. You're gonna figure it out. It's real easy. Thanks everyone. This is Eliza, Charlie, Carolyn, Jocelyn, Emma, darling, Steve, Naked Jim, son, and Bagel. Stumpy John. And we're out of here! Cool! 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 cool.